0: How else am I supposed to get the gerbil out? <laughs> it's, just, it's just such a dirty story. It opens that movie up. Welcome to Sincast, presented
1: by CinemaSins.
0: Sincast, this is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello. And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Hello, everyone. And it's been a while since we have talked about good moments in bad movies and bad moments in good movies. You take
2: the good, you take the bad, you
3: take the and that you have. Just one moment.
0: This magic moment.
2: We
3: are laughing, and we are very good friends. Good buddy,
2: sharing a special moment.
0: Yes. It's all the way back in episode 15, is that what you said? And
1: at that episode, I think we said, boy, this is a really good topic that we should come back to. Well, when I went back
3: to listen to make sure I didn't repeat myself in this episode, because that's how long it's been, boy, the audio quality is (laughs) super not good comparatively (laughs) to what we're putting out today, (laughs) because I was surprised to hear all the tinniness of when we are recording but there are remotely some, yeah.
0: you know what though i'm fine with that because there are some podcasts that are popular out there <laughs> that have horrible sound yeah. oh yeah like god i i i would put our early episodes up against their current episodes. yeah yeah so
3: yeah, yeah, no, I'm not ashamed.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, and now you, we're, but now you're we're right. Fine. There is a complete difference between, you know, talk, everybody <laughs> talking over the phone on a closet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and being in this room as we are now. Um, but it's been a while. We've decided we're going to go back to that topic today. And uh, so who would like to start us off? I'll start off. All right. I've got a recent one. Uh, and this is maybe
1: controversial about, so this is a, what I consider a good moment in a bad film. Okay. I know a lot of people like split. Okay. All right? I did not like split. Mm-hmm. I like parts of split. I like the twist at the end. I mean, I wouldn't even call it a twist. I would, yeah. I would say that it's just a reveal. Right. Um, and I, I like that part of it, but generally throughout the movie, the premise didn't have me. What I did like, as everybody did pretty universally, is James McAvoy's performance. Mm-hmm. He is fucking amazing in this. There's a moment in here that actually I think we removed a sin for mm-hmm. in the video where he's acting like the woman, the Patricia woman. And he's brushing the the girl's hair and everything. And he's talking about the sandwich. And uh, he's like, go ahead and eat it. It's got paprika. It's <laughs> he's, he's just he, the mannerism that he does. And he does this little like wiggle. Like It's just fucking amazing. <laughs> and that's indicative of how awesome this performance is. Movie can eat my asshole. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> overall, I mean, maybe that's overstating. But overall, I didn't like it, but that was a great movie.
3: That I- was one of the weirdest experiences as a narrator because I hadn't seen the – you guys wrote that <laughs> script. I hadn't seen the movie and I had forgotten – that some of his personalities were female and it got to a point in the script where i had read like five different women's names and i knew there was only like two or three girls that got kidnapped and i was like
0: who the fuck is patricia (laughs) like
3: i I didn't know who anyone was when i was reading all this anyway
0: i love the moment in there where he's playing the kid and he's Mm -hmm. he's like he's like going through all the stuff that he has he's like i got red socks and all that and like so he's got red socks And then somebody asks who the monster is and goes, he will be coming for you and he will, he will eat you and all this. I also have blue socks. Yeah.
1: Yeah, That kid character was started off as being very annoying, Mm -hmm. like very obnoxious, but then, and there's these creepy undertones to it, but he, he has a point where he, uh, he kisses Anya Taylor joy Mm -hmm. and he's like, you may be
0: pregnant now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, and uh, and uh, all the times where he's just like a, just ends a sentence with Et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost wish busy. I'd
3: seen it just to get it's, all these references. But. Yeah,
0: it's kind of it, it split is an interesting movie. Like I, I liked it more than you did, mm. but I also didn't love it by any means because it's one of those movies where it's like there's there's not any real twist. Like you said, it's more of a and I after i watched the end of this i was like how many people in this theater know what this twist is
1: exactly exactly
0: because as much as i've been wanting something like this for a while it was like how many people know this you know it just doesn't make any sense but uh yeah mcavoy is amazing
3: yeah he really is yeah i mean i'm just impressed with the stealth sequelness of it you know like the the fact that 10 Cloverfield Lane kind of came out of nowhere, like a month before it came out, it was announced. And we're like, what the fuck is this? Mm. I never heard of this. You know, In a way, I think he accomplished something very cool. I anyway, mean, it's still really cool what he did. Yes. A stealth sequel to something. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm just not going to say anything there.
2: <laughs> All right.
3: So I got a good moment in a bad movie. I'm not going to be able to quote it very well because it's been about five years since I've seen it. Uh, it's from the Yes Man with Bruce uh, Bruce Willis, yeah. will say, <laughs> <laughs> with Jim Carrey and yeah. Zoe Deschanel, um, and and I had such high hopes for this movie mm-hmm. because uh, they got the team from Bruce Almighty back, basically, mm-hmm. uh, all the behind the scenes people. And Bruce Almighty, in my mind, is just slightly below Liar Liar in status of great Jim Comic Jim Carrey comedies. Really. I think Liar, Liar is his best movie by far. I, I, I realized that. I didn't realize that you liked Bruce Almighty so much. I like it. It's right mm-hmm. up there. And again, some of the same players behind the scenes, writers and whatnot. Um, And so I was like, all right, he's got the gang back together. It's going to be back to Liar, Liar. T-. And it's really not. It's yeah. just kind of a forgettable romantic comedy where a guy decides to say yes to everything. It's actually a little too much like Liar, Liar in premise in that yeah. regard. Uh, <clears throat> but there's a moment in the movie where he's been up all night drinking Red Bulls and he shows up at the observatory in LA where he knows Zoe's going to be jogging with her group or whatever. <laughs> he gets out of the car, Red Bulls go everywhere. <laughs> and it's like that moment in Seinfeld when Kramer has too many cafe lattes, <laughs> only you get like a good minute and a half of hyper verbose Jim Carrey. I've had, I've had a few Red Bulls. <laughs> um, and it just, it was a really big laugh for me in an, a movie that otherwise disappointed me. So. I miss, I miss that Jim Carrey. I do too. I, I appreciate you know, how he's tried to get more serious. And, you know, like Eternal Sunshine is a complete departure. Mm-hmm. It's not really a comedy much at all. Um, so, you know, I don't want to hold him down for it. But, yeah, I wish he would kind of go back and make, before his career's over, make one last great liar-liar quality comedy. Mm-hmm. I think it,
0: it may have been, he he got caught up in age a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, that might have been what it was. And his style of comedy may have gotten to a, a sort of a a relic of a bygone era by the time uh you know you started looking at the comedies that started coming out like 50 you know four year old version and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. it's not that manic you know like um physical comedy yeah yeah a lot of physical comedy and just weird you know just references and stuff like that and, uh, you know talking out of your ass and mm-hmm um and but just yeah i mean yeah liar liar it's a tour of force like how how unbelievable he is in that um so yeah i i it's weird i don't think there's there was room for it after a certain period of time like people just just didn't respond to that type of comedy anymore yeah it was hard for him. I mean, plus the fact that he, you know, was in his forties by the time. Yeah,
1: yeah, he can't do the stuff that he used to. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like Eddie Murphy. Like I, w- I was all I'd always w- wish that Eddie Murphy could go back to one of those old days where he's just like rapid fire, mm-hmm. saying a hundred words a minute, type of thing, and everything. But you know, he's. It, it, The guy is in his 50s. He's probably doesn't have that kind of energy anymore.
3: Yeah, no. Well, I agree.
0: And uh, so uh, there's a combination of things going on with those guys where Mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, your brand of comedy worked for this era and and now probably not. I mean, maybe somebody can bring it back, but Mm -hmm. Kevin Hart's close to that Eddie Murphy type. Yeah, that's a good call. Pretty close. Pretty
1: close. close. Yeah. By the way, the Captain Underpants movie is the best Kevin Hart movie ever. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, my God. It is hilarious. Even
3: better than... C- d- ride-along ride-along two
2: yes
3: <laughs> both ride along. i it's almost said terrible. car movie because i couldn't think of ride-along
0: that's why i heard a look. and then i was like kentral intelligence <laughs> get hard um
3: whatever let's pause for a sec how many good kevin hart movies are there it's gonna have to be something from back when he was not a star and he was just kind of like a bit player in an ensemble thing, right? Yeah. Well,
0: it well, it, it might be some of the stand up.
3: Uh, I think his stand up's really funny. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I the thing with Kevin Hart that I've always every time I watch one of his movies, man, I'm just like, you are so fucking annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, you you're always on. You yeah. always have to. I mean, maybe. I mean i mean i guess that's no different from jim carrey and eddie murphy back in the day whatever but there's something a little bit more desperate about his comedy than i, I it always seems like an act yeah and i don't know he it seems like he's stand-up comedian kevin hart yep. Uh, playing to the audience every yeah. single time he's in a role. Yeah. And, the, and there's a difference. There's a fine line between the 'cause Because, you know, you see Eddie Murphy, he's in character doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. You see Jim Carrey's in character doing that type of stuff. You know, Kevin Hart, man. Yeah. It's always like, I'm on stage right now. Yeah. I got I to play to the audience. I got to play to the back row. You know, that type of thing. And it's just like, it just doesn't work. Yeah,
1: uh-huh. no, that's why the Captain Underpants movie does work, because he is in character. And these characters are really, really. Thomas Middleditch plays perfectly off of him, too. Mm-hmm and uh, so does ed helms that's a good movie you guys should see that at some
3: point yeah so it's, it, like everything about captain underpants is so far off my radar yeah. and i know you went to see it because you have a kid and so when you emailed us and told us it was great i was like wow okay. how's that possible it's
1: weird it's got a little bit of like lego movie humor in it uh that I think will play well when you guys eventually see it. it it's good stuff. Right, I was
0: intrigued stuff. by it, by the trailer. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it looked pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was ambitious to go up against wonder woman. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it did, it did all right mm-hmm. over
3: the weekend. It was ambitious, but it was good counter programming. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I guess Wonder Woman just beat the hell out of Tom Cruise's mummy movie <laughs> this weekend or is beating the hell out of it right now.
0: Man, and, that, there's no doubt about that. Nobody wanted to see that shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody got time for that. <laughs> like, it's like two months ago, man, when everybody was looking at the trailers and like everywhere I went because I'm the movie guy with all the people that I go play poker with and all mm. the other times they're like yeah yeah you see the what do you think of that mummy trailer and i'm like man that looks like a piece of shit yep. And it's like and they're like yeah man it doesn't look good does it like yeah i know it doesn't does <laughs> So pretty much everybody is like a in, already agreed that movie sucked before they even saw it which is unfair to that movie but it's also i mean what are you gonna do i mean yeah. you have to grab us in some way and there was nothing in there that no grabbed
3: us. no they didn't film anything grab worthy no except I think there's a hot girl. Never mind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sophia Botella does play the mummy.
3: I'm in rare form today of being off.
0: Um, You got one for us? I do. Um, I have given mall rats at least four or five chances. (laughs) (laughs) I... I, I adore Kevin Smith, and he has he has worked with us, basically, uh, you know, and so I admire everything about his work, uh, even when he, he does something that is clearly not good. <laughs> Jersey Girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Jersey Girl has its moments. I could even bring up Jersey Girl in this thing. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Rats I think every comedy pretty much has a moment here and there i mean there's some that are obviously just never funny ever or whatever but mall probably has a few that's why i've probably mm-hmm. given it more of a chance than most bad comedies but uh yeah, it's a bad movie um <laughs> but uh the the very opening of mall has brody uh telling the story about his uncle who had to go to the hospital because there was a, he had a cat stuck up stuck up his ass <laughs> and and so like that you know <laughs> there's a part in there where he's like uh uh he bought it at our local mall so the whole fiasco wound up on the news it was embarrassing for my relatives and all but next week he did it again different cat <laughs> same <laughs> results complete to another trip with an emergency room and uh and and people were like you know what the fuck are you doing man why do you keep putting cats up your ass and everything and he's like how else am i supposed to get the gerbil out (laughs) it's just it's just such a dirty story it opens that movie up and i was like oh hell yeah you know after clerks kevin smith back with this and then yeah it proceeds to just not be nearly as good yeah that's a dirty story um but it's it makes me laugh every time i love
1: his character in that i agree it's not a good movie yeah his character definitely has the best line oh it's yeah like,
0: he's got what he, he, he's like you,
1: sorry did you ever fart in front of her and he's like no he's like the you? And he's like yeah he's like well, what's the problem she was going down at me at the time <laughs> was like what can i say i was relaxed when i'm relaxed i squirt
3: (laughs) i didn't remember this movie being this filthy i only saw it the one time well it
0: it was like universal wanted kevin smith after clerks and like they wanted to have you know the 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 old days type of 80s kind of comedy in there and and like you know everyone they have a little tit shot in there mm-hmm. and have some some bad language and all this other type of stuff and and uh i don't know man something i, I don't know if it was smith or if it was universal or what was going on i, I think it was
1: jeremy london man and oh, claire felonny yeah. they just couldn't
0: handle That's that i think thing, if you get different they are leads not in there. they are not comedians no claire Falani especially oh not. god yeah i uh love claire Falani she's a beautiful woman and everything and i think I, I'm trying to remember if there was... Maybe Meet Joe Black is maybe her best role. <laughs> no, no I, it I'm
3: going to say... You know what I'm going to say. Don't you? No. The one with Ryan Phillippe and Bill, pseudo Bill Gates. Uh, what's it called? antitrust? <laughs> oh! Nice. Well, one, actually, we've just named the only three movies I can name off the top of my head that she's in.
0: <laughs> she, Yeah, she's in The Rock. She's in... Um, what, she was, was getting Little the rock? rock yeah she was uh yeah, she was the, daughter, the prom queen sean connery's daughter oh shit yeah Not the oh no way. she
1: wasn't nicholas cage's no N- nicholas cage's
0: f- wife is vanessa That's... marcel yeah oh man she's no, she's, she's very pretty she's
3: yeah she's um, from general hospital really and yeah she i only on, know that because my mom watched general hospital she was on that mm. uh,
0: las vegas show oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah there you go but uh yeah anyway uh let's move on yeah <laughs> you, got, you got another
1: one <laughs> all right so now i have a bad moment in a good movie mm-hmm. and this is an all-timer and maybe you guys don't agree with me in the godfather mm-hmm. the moment where michael is trekking across italy and he sees the woman he sees this he's hit gorgeous, by the thunderbolt he's hit by the thunderbolt and he ends up going to this restaurant and it turns out that it's this woman's father oh yeah, yeah. and in in this translated italian he fucking proposes Jesus yeah. to this woman who he's never met, that he's only seen from kind of afar. But <laughs> he, he says, yeah. you know, it, uh, your daughter gained a husband. He's like, what the fuck, man? And they
0: actually get married, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Within like a week or two or yeah. whatever the fuck it is. And she that, does not look happy within, about it that's at the, the beginning, but That's the, the thing, though. He's out there for like two years or something, yeah. and you don't really re- realize it because they're, they don't really show that passage of time, mm-hmm. but- yeah, like uh, after he says that, they're like, "Okay, were you going to go on supervised dates?" Yeah. And they're like, "You kind of hanging out," and then they're married all of a sudden, yeah. and then it's like, "Yeah, okay." I think it happens like that in the book too, though. It may, but it always just bugged.
3: The is crap the movie out of trying it? to say love at first sight happened? Or yeah,
1: I mean that's how they explain it. It was hit by the thunderbolt and that kind of thing. But no, I know the rest of the 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 movie is so grounded in this. You know, pseudo reality. This is just like it, it. Just it. It knocks you out of the movie. It's like, really, you're gonna fucking
0: propose? It is kind of the most out of place part in mm-hmm. the movie. It's necessary because yeah, yeah. he's hiding out and letting everything cool down back home, and they're all hitting the mattresses and all that. Yeah. Um But, but it's that, it's that just that long, like you've just gone through, it's, I guess it's necessary also to cool you down because it's so much stuff leading up to that that moment and everything but yeah it's kind of weird the, how that all goes down like goes and proposes basically through her dad yeah and then like, okay well we have supervised dates and then yeah, and then after a week or so if, we- <laughs> say, if everything goes <laughs> according like <everything> to plan <laughs> you know, after a week scene, i will trust you yeah. the,
1: the whole italian uh landscape and michael getting married and everything with one scene <laughs> excluded in the godfather is to me like the butch scene in pulp fiction like mm. there's a lot to like about it but it could have been trimmed it could have been done better and it's it just doesn't jive with the rest of the 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 tempo of the movie mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm.
3: I can see that yep yeah good call no yeah. what do you think uh, I'm going to go with Galaxy Quest for my first bad moment in a good movie <laughs> and this will never not piss me off but it's that terrible dub job on Sigourney Weaver when they're down in the Going through the chompers, they see the chompers for the first time, and she's like, well, screw that! But her mouth clearly says, fuck that! (laughs) And I don't, here's what happened, I guess. At some point, they decided, we gotta cut that for rating, which doesn't make any sense, because there's no other fucks in that movie. Mm -hmm. And I think even back when this movie came out, you could get away with at least one Mm -hmm. without having to go R-rated. So it's just, it's the most baffling AD- ADR decision I've ever seen. It,
0: it might have been more of a a director or studio thing though. Like they may have just said, "Look, this this movie is essentially for families. We don't want to just cross that line with that kind of language." Uh I I I th- I understand what you're saying. The dub is horrible and they should have just if they didn't want the fuck in there, then they should have just said screw that there on the set um but you have to i think you have to think that the reason why that was done was they weren't were so worried about a rating they were just more worried about just crossing a line and in a in basically a a fun family movie it is Mm. pg-13 but it's it's more of a, you know, it's a fun family movie, and they didn't want to have that one blight. Yeah, but the,
3: to have no coverage shots anywhere where yeah. we don't have to see her lips moving when you, <laughs> yeah, like, there's plenty of ways they ways to fix up. this that they just ignored. <laughs> like they made the decision two days before the release of the film. And ran her into an audio booth and had her say "screw." Actually,
0: yeah. uh, I I was wrong. It is a PG movie, so oh, maybe wow. okay. maybe that's what they were. They maybe were they were hoping. trying
3: to g- not go PG thirteen. Right. I'm sure you're right. Is there still, any other
1: cursing in that movie?
3: There's there's I think there's some dams and hells and stuff yeah, like that. It
0: doesn't get. Yeah, it's pretty light though. Yeah, it may it may say a shit here and there, mm. but that's that's about it. Yeah, I don't
3: even think there's a shit.
0: Hmm.
1: It's we were watching the transformers the original transformers movie
0: oh yeah and there's a
1: random ass shit that yeah. comes out of that because it's, it's the goes,
0: only one too <laughs> it's so out of place it's like <coughs> shit what are we gonna do yeah. now <laughs> yeah yeah
2: yeah you wouldn't have <laughs> like, been what the <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: i know oh gotta love it um okay so we've done uh we've done uh, a sins video casino royale mm-hmm uh, but pretty much all the poker and casino royale,
3: <laughs> which is like two-thirds of the movie it feels it's, like yeah it's, it's a, a lot, lot
0: of it um so casino royale I, I still consider to be a very good bond uh, and and i mean i hate what it sort its legacy afterwards because it was <laughs> fucking bond like tripping on vesper Lynn the entire Uh, yeah you you know the The bond legacy and and, hey i don't blame him it's eva green that's Mm -hmm. one that's i'd be fucked up too but like (laughs) (laughs) but do 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 we have to know about it (laughs) um the poker and casino royale though i mean i understand you have to make a movie that is uh understandable for all audiences and everything uh i don't think it's too much of a stretch though to have somebody do something that's truly great in a poker game and people understand what they've done mm-hmm. and uh and and just as an aside the show billions which i forgot to talk about uh on our tv thing mm-hmm. uh in the second season now the the guy the people behind rounders did billions brian Koppelman oh, and oh all really I. yeah and there's actually a, an episode where some of the people from Damian lewis's uh business go to like a poker game and they've they've got the um they've got one of the characters playing poker and they've got a a situation where that person ends up calling a big huge bet with uh, like 10 high has no pair no flush straight nothing Mm -hmm. and just logically reasons that there's no way that this person has not beat and and calls and wins the tournament and i'm like finally (laughs) (laughs) there's there's somebody playing actual poker here the worst scene in casino royale though is the last poker scene Mm -hmm. and it's the it's the it's that mega cooler the cooler where nobody has much of a, a, a reason to do anything other than what they did one guy's got the ace high flush another guy's got a fucking full house uh uh mads mickelson has an even better full house and and james bond has a straight flush Jeez. we don't have we don't have any idea of what happened before the hand but how the f- fuck did he play did he play like seven five of spades in that like you know like how did did somebody like did somebody raise pre-flop or did they all just limp in this million fucking dollar like they all limped in and everything and like oh look at that that was a favorable flop there i just got a straight flush that's amazing actually he's i think he stays in all the way to the end of the hand and hits that straight flush yeah like so yeah, that yeah. means there was probably other betting going on and he's like all right we're going for that straight flush baby we can play we can spend all that uk money on this um what makes it so bad though is that how how every player from the worst hand up to the best hand all flip their hands over it's like all right monsieur and it's like oh, "And it <laughs> sho- that guy shows his hand and he's like yeah <laughs> i got the nut flush baby and then it's like the next guy's like uh-uh Stand back. <laughs> I've got a full house. And then and then mads Mickelson is like, "Hmm, I have even better full house." And then Bonds basically in the biggest slow roll ever. When slow roll where you show your winning hand after somebody has shown what they think is their winning hand, he shows them the straight yeah. flush. And it, and a lot of the decisions in the in that game in the in Casino Royale don't make any sense either like like uh, the Mads Mikkelsen character has quad jacks in one hand, mm-hmm. and and James Bond has aces full of jacks, and like, and after Bond calls the bet or whatever, Mads Mikkelsen, like, you must have thought I was bluffing, and it's like it doesn't matter if you were folding. He, he has a great hand. I would never fold it ever. And, and, uh, and, and so like, I, I understand all these poker movies, they have to do that type of thing. Oh, okay. Look at that. That's a, that's an action hand right there or whatever. <laughs> But I would just love to see one movie once where Bond pulls off a bluff or he calls <laughs> yeah. with, you know, a jack high or something <laughs> like that. And he wins a huge pot off of it because that to me is more exciting than the, oh, he got lucky. Great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I bought
3: about five years ago, I bought this little handheld portable uh, Texas Hold'em poker video game mm-hmm. it's to pass the time in airports or in the car or what have you. I played that thing. I bought, it took me about two days to get wholly addicted and mm-hmm. i was playing it everywhere i went and then i got a royal flush <laughs> and i put the game down because that it has been programmed incorrectly i should <laughs> not get a royal flush with the, within the first two days of playing <laughs> poker. mathematically statistically speaking it should be months if not years but like how many times have you seen a royal flush in all the poker you played
0: uh probably let's see i've seen one in the omaha game that's easier to yeah, make yeah. a royal flush uh I think I have seen it twice in Hold'em. Mm-hmm. The entire time I've played poker.
1: Yeah, you played a lot of poker. I played too. a lot.
0: I've not played as much as you know a lot of people have. But I, royal flushes, yes, are extremely <laughs> rare. Extremely <laughs> rare. And yeah. I was like,
3: well, all right. Well, I can't trust anything now. I can't <laughs> trust this game at all. <laughs> so put it down.
0: I I actually made a royal flush in Omaha. I made it a couple of times in Omaha, mm. and people just happen to have like full houses and stuff like that against me. So that that worked out pretty well.
3: Say Omaha one more time we'll get the peyton manning uh, endorsement for this episode of the mm-hmm. sincast
0: yeah omaha yeah, yeah. so see, weird. you know that's another game they should play that more often in games play yeah. some in movies they should play some omaha every once in a while <laughs> see the fucking craziness
1: <laughs> are we back to good moments yeah let's go with good moments all right you can get me back into the movie with a well-timed musical moment and i thought one of the biggest garbage fires of last year was the trolls movie mm-hmm. and it is it's it's jesus it, it's like jesus came down and cursed the world to watch this it's still
3: burning morning. that particular it's, garbage fire yes
0: it's it's it smurfs all over again yeah only you know oh look we got anna kendrick and justin timberlake so yeah. it's it's so different we're gonna <laughs> eat these
1: delicious morsels of of tiny figures and bring us joy yeah but listen man at the end of that movie when you hear the first bars of uh, Can't Stop the Feeling, <laughs> man, it's all right. And then by the end of it, they're all
3: dancing. they like, just
2: dance, dance.
1: <laughs> I like it.
3: I like it. That's the only I part I that I love like. I that song. Yep. And I, I'll stop and listen anytime I pass it on the dial, even no matter where it is. Yeah. It's just so fucking infectious. I could see how that coming in at the end could turn around a bad experience and give you a smile. That's yeah. a big one. It's not worth watching the movie. It's just a... Good moment in a horrible movie. Well,
0: and those are hit or miss a lot of times, right? Like, mostly miss. Those songs that are at the end that they're basically just trying to sell a soundtrack on. Yeah, yeah uh you know the the smash mouth at the end of shrek <laughs> and and uh and uh what is it uh it uh, is it polar express that has the aerosmith yeah yeah people aerosmith. all over the world you know that bullshit is There's that aerosmith is? song i a polar express it's yeah.
3: aerosmith elves you don't remember this no this is why i hate this I, fucking I movie. zoned out pretty hard by the end of that. yeah movie. the aerosmith elves are jamming out i, I think they're voiced by Aerosmith but the movie never explicitly says it just makes it look just like them yeah oh it's ridiculous dude (laughs) so
0: so yeah like yeah I mean that that song had a whole summer of airplay before the movie came out so you were already like earworming that thing yeah you yeah, know, by the time it got there it's a welcome thing that yeah. comes into the movie you're like oh yeah i know this, this is good
3: <laughs> yeah. maybe they realized that and that's why they put the song out so much further oh ahead. my god
1: it came out in like march of last year and the movie didn't come out until i think september or something like
0: that it was a while after yeah the song.
1: and when that well you did the music video sends video for it it was like music from the most in picture trolls and i was like when the fuck does that come Yeah, out? yeah. Like, isn't this for an album
3: no but yeah, uh, like yeah, with it's Beauty good and the Beast, that Ariana Grande, John Legend song mm-hmm. came out when the movie came out, yeah, or yeah. if not like a couple weeks before, but mm-hmm. not like six months before. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, also, okay, so my next good moment from what I'm going to call a bad movie, and I hope you guys won't take offense, we talked about this recently, it's She's All That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, there is something quite enjoyable about watching She's All That, mm-hmm. and I could easily pick my good moment. To be any one of the scenes when Kevin Pollack is answering Jeopardy! questions wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the, it's the funniest thing about the movie. It's the funniest storyline. Uh, but the, the the part that makes me laugh the loudest is when they're in the cafeteria. And they, she's had this incident with Freddie Prince where he didn't kiss her. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting with her awkward, non-romantic, platonic, chubby friend guy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> who probably loves her and she says am i kissable out of the blue and he had just said something about uh his corn chips he was eating like did you know that these are processed and such and such corn stuff? he's i don't know he's factoiding and she answers with am i kissable and there's this big pause and he goes so anyway, about this chip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a very, very funny moment. I think that's the same scene where Sarah Michelle Geller cameos in the cafeteria. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. But uh, anyway, that that part always makes me, that and Kevin Pollack's lines always get me. <laughs> um, and I do like that. That dance they do at the end. That's why mm. we use it for so many outtakes when they're <laughs> dancing at Fat Boy Slim. Yeah. Uh,
0: U- Usher. Usher doing the DJing in You're that. You're right.
3: Usher's the, the radio DJ the whole freaking movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is weird. I guess California just does school different. Like, I never had i never had that. I never had a DJ that was a student say, hey, welcome, students. It's 75 degrees. And <laughs> yeah. We got a pep rally tonight at 6 p. I never had that. I had the secretary at them. It was like the, you know, peanuts. It was yeah. like, you know, Bake sale at 7 p.m. tomorrow. Don't forget your baked goods. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so that that was that was my next good moment. Nice. <laughs> nice. I don't think that movie's good though. I, I would call that movie okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay to, kind of bad. Yeah. Right. But still enjoyable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's
3: she's yeah. not all that. She's right. well. She is all that. Well, That's the problem. That was the uh, <laughs> the
0: weird thing too because that was. I'm I'm trying to think. Was that straight up Miramax or was that Dimension? Because I think it was straight up Miramax. I think mm. it might have been, yeah. They had had this long decade of you know getting the prestige pictures, and they they had a another arm called Dimension that did all the horror. Yeah. And then suddenly, like you saw Miramax on stuff like She's All That, mm. and then it was like, what the fuck are they <laughs> doing, man? And I guess it's you know it's sort of to make a buck. You know they yeah. they're they're the the prestige pictures cost a lot of money to acquire and all that and everything and they're probably not making too much off of those no. and then they you know you gotta get something you know for the kids you know
3: mm-hmm. well and i think that movie made plenty of money it did
0: it was a big hit there's
3: a reason not another teen movie makes fun of it yeah it was a big hit
0: <laughs> yeah so. i don't know if it was like just huge super huge like blockbuster or anything but it was it did it, it probably cost them nothing to make yeah and then they got you know a good 50 60 million off mm-hmm. of it or something um okay i'm gonna talk about blades of glory oh Oh, wow wow. blades of glory um i i don't know if i want to consider this bad it's bad it is a bad movie (laughs) it is bad it's a bad movie um but i i I find myself enjoying it every Mm -hmm. time it's on for whatever reason uh will ferrell even in bad movies finds a way at least three or four times to get you Yep and it, and it, and, it, and it, i'm i'm just a suck i'm a sucker for him when he gets in that voice and he's like talking you know he's got that you know oh my god everything is so epic you know all that and uh the 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 funniest part of blades of glory to me is when they're it's right after they've had that that horrible you know fight uh he and john heater have had that fight <laughs> yeah. and they have a they have a, a hearing to see whether or not they're going to be uh, banned from skating for the rest of their life and everything, and so they're at this, uh, they're at this in this courtroom, and uh, and he sees Nancy Kerrigan to the side, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, he's like, Nancy Kerrigan, are you an official? Because you are officially giving me a boner.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen this movie. It's got it's. I would I would say definitely go watch it because it's got moments. It is not a good movie by no. any means. Um, this was in that period of time where Will Ferrell was doing just all weird co- sports comedy. Yeah. yeah, like
3: the basketball one.
0: Semipro was around this time and uh, and uh, Kicking and Screaming oh, and mm-hmm. all that. He was doing nothing but that for a while. Yeah, because
1: he had such a, a, a high rate of success. Well, after Anchorman and then Talladega Nights, I guess is what mm-hmm. really springboarded him off into that. But none of those movies have the charm of Talladega Nights.
0: Don't just yeah. keep that knife in your leg, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, but Semipro wasn't good. No, I, but even Semipro has like couple moments. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, but i mean yeah they're not good movies by any mm-hmm. means but but uh but yeah blades of glory every time will ferrell gets into that i'm just like all right man just yeah i'm <laughs> i'm there and and it's why this the house trailer that keeps coming on it just i i'm <laughs> I know, there man I i'm fucking there because you are you are like old will ferrell yeah. in this and i just <laughs> can't wait to see it yeah. when he climbs into
1: that box and the in the trailer they're like going through like a walmart or a costco type of thing and they're drunk as shit and he just like falls into this box and he's like i'm good I'm just gonna check some emails
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't yeah i'm like you man i'm all right with it yeah it's yeah. gonna be silly yeah all right so let's move back to uh bad moments in good movies okay all right so i'll get a little bit serious on this one so i was watching oh brother where art thou again mm. uh, recently and I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I love that movie for, for many, many reasons. Of course, the music is terrific. Clooney's performance is great. Turturro's performance is great. Everybody. And the soundtrack is unbelievable. And the soundtrack features a, a song from Ralph Stanley, bluegrass legend, called "O oh Death. Mm-hmm. And I believe it won a, a Grammy. May have been nominated for an Oscar, I think. That yeah,
0: it, it was definitely one of those. Because
1: he came out and sang it uh, in, in one of the, uh, the award ceremonies. And it's, a, it's an acapella solo track. Ralph Stanley was probably in his 80s, if not older. It's a that dark point. as
0: fuck song.
1: It's literally him singing about impending death. Mm-hmm. And won't you spare me over for another year? Like, mm-hmm. can, I, can I get a little more time in here? Facing his own mortality. And when you go back and you watch where it's placed in the movie, it's where the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux yeah. Klan is singing before his congregation in front of a burning cross wow yeah and i had completely forgotten that Mm -hmm. like i I knew that there was a song there and everything but that's where they put it (laughs) yeah and i'm like fuck that man like this is a great and i can't imagine i don't know how ralph stanley felt about it either but like that's just so weird like it's a it's a great song and a very powerful song but it's
3: the fucking grand wizard doing it yeah yeah that always bothered me yeah i mean I'm kind of done with movies trying to make clan rallies funny, right? Because yeah. Bad Boys Two tried it, mm-hmm. and Tarantino probably succeeded better than anyone in yeah. Django. But it's just not a subject I think needs to be brought into the comedy world, mm-hmm. right? It's like Bill Maher saying the N word. Yeah. You don't need that. Comedy <laughs> doesn't need that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I have another one. Mm-hmm. You want to hear mine? Yes. All right. So I was gonna. I actually told you guys in email I was gonna do Spider Man Two. Mm -hmm. And I still am, but I'm changing my moment. Originally, I was going to say that the raindrops keep falling on my head moment is every bit as cheesy as Emo Peter in Spider-Man 3. Kind of is. We just look the other way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although I do love the way he bites that fucking hot dog at the end of that moment where the the police go by and normally he would turn into Spider-Man and go, but now he's carefree and he's just like, takes a big chomp. Anyway, (laughs) this movie's been playing like crazy on, I think Showtime, one of the movie channels. And so since writing that email... I've watched this movie again, Uh and I've chosen a new bad moment from this good movie. And it's it's early in the movie when Otto's about to give his demonstration that goes wrong. Mm -hmm. And all the press is there, and Harry's there, and Peter's there. And the first thing he does is he say, okay, before we begin, has anyone lost a large roll of $20 bills in a rubber band? Because we found the rubber band. And everybody kind of chuckles and he goes, terrible joke. I know. I know. All right, let's get started. And I'm like, why the fuck did you even script that? (laughs) Is it part of Otto's character that he tells bad jokes? No, this is the only time he does. Is it something a guy might do? Maybe. But all you did was add 30 seconds to the runtime of this movie. That's already pretty long. Yeah. The joke's not funny. We don't learn anything more about these characters from this moment. And I'm just like, what a terrible, terrible piece of that's like that one line of the the (laughs) script is terrible. Mm -hmm. And it's a great movie anyway. So
1: (laughs) I I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, actually, maybe around the last time that we did this, but. It always bothers me when he's holding Peter Parker up when he's trying to find Spider-Man and he's holding him up with the claw and everything and he uses one of his mechanical arms to take off yeah. his sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just fucking reach up and take him off. Yeah, Do you even need to take him off in this
3: situation? <laughs> yeah, well, and then he throws Peter into the wall <laughs> Could kill him, yeah, even course. though he needs Peter to go find Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, when we sinned this movie, I saw more flaws than I ever had before. Yep. I still adore it. I still think it's in the conversation for one of the best superhero movies ever. Mm. Uh, but that raindrops falling on my head thing. It's not like emo Peter came out of nowhere, folks, in Spider-Man <laughs> 3. We had seen its precursor. Yep.
0: Yeah. So. Oh, especially with the little freeze frame at the end and all <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Jimmy in Pulp Fiction. Ah, good call. I'm glad you said that. There are so many things about this character that are that are wrong for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, obviously Quentin Tarantino being that character. Yes, mm-hmm. that's the number one thing. The second thing is, I don't even understand by the time this scene is over, why he chose to help them. Is there a threat that he would that he would get killed if he didn't do it? I always took it.
1: Sorry, go ahead. The-
0: I, you, you go ahead go ahead and answer that i, I mean, always
1: took it as that he owed him a favor hmm. and that is the only reason that that he would do this but they have some sort of hierarchical relationship where he can just say i know you didn't well, this into is this. what i'm about
0: to get to yeah That if whether there's a favor or there is some sort of reason that uh you know he might he it might kill him if he if he does if he says no um there's no way he should be able to get away with saying what he says yeah to samuel jackson no there there's no i mean i don't even i i feel like it i feel like jules could just kill him right there yeah yeah. And then they could take care of all this other they could call they could call Ving Rames Marcellus and just say, Hey, we need the wolf over at Jimmy's house. We killed Jimmy too, by the way. Because he's unrelated
1: to Marcellus in
0: the movie, right? right? They're, right. They're, he's they, not they, in the They call him independently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, Jimmy is just there to have a house for them to mm-hmm. store the person, the the dead body. And like so like yeah, I don't understand how he gets off mm-hmm. saying this stuff uh it, it, th- that dynamic is just so it's so weird to me you know you have tarantino doing the the character and he's not good at it mm-hmm. and then and then yeah then you have like hey, with all this stuff going on he's got bonnie coming home and all this other stuff why couldn't he have just said man i wish you had called 10 minutes ago yeah. because bonnie's home right now or or right. or, or some i mean yeah because he's he's willing to risk all of this um not
1: only that but they're risking their entire underground thing on the basis of their relationship yeah that if bonnie comes home and finds out what's going on then that's going to explode everything he's going to get divorced no trial separation yeah, right. she, she doesn't have divorced. any
3: problem with him using the n-word every <laughs> other word even
0: mm-hmm. though she's black yeah, yeah. that's yeah. my point <laughs> so yeah that that the, the jimmy character has always been one of the deepest flaws of that movie yeah um and i and i think i think it opened up a door for tarantino detractors uh mm-hmm. more than any any one scene he's ever done um because that's where you had people like spike lee coming out and denzel washington coming out and all these people they they said you know dude you can't you just can't do that mm-hmm. you just can't you know just just because and, and tarantino and this is what Spike Lee later did in Bamboozled, I believe it was Bamboozled, where he had Michael Rapaport's character basically playing Quentin Tarantino Mm. and saying, "You know what? I can use that word because my mom used to date black people and we used to say it back and forth to each other all the time." Doesn't he put Michael Rapaport in blackface in that movie too? I think. Well, I think mm, he think he does. Yeah, I haven't never. I've never seen it. I've seen the one scene where Michael Rapaport says that thing. I'm pretty uh,
3: sure there was a blackface controversy about that movie. There
0: definitely was, but I for whatever reason I thought Damon Wayans was the was the uh the controversial figure Maybe.
3: maybe.
2: I don't
0: I mean obviously it wouldn't have been like him doing blackface, mm-hmm. but it was I mean yeah, it had to have been something like that.
3: Something. I remember I, something.
0: I, I never saw the movie because I heard it wasn't very good. Yeah, no, this
3: was uh, back in the Spike Lee <laughs> days of uh churning out shit.
0: Yeah, so I never saw it, but I did see that one scene because that was directly at tarantino because mm-hmm. that's what tarantino like basically said i get away with this because yeah and it's like yeah, no you really can't get away with that and i i can see getting away with it but not to that character mm-hmm. it doesn't So no,
1: that's what really bothers me is yeah. that, that whole like knock it off julie mm-hmm.
0: like what yeah. the
1: fuck are you talking to this guy
3: you, like that i man? know this well, guy they
0: just blew away
3: it makes a lot more sense to me for leo to use the n-word in django oh yeah and it does for this character in this situation in right
0: it just yeah it, it, it takes you out of it because you're like you're sitting there going what does he have? I mean, I, I just I don't I never understood the leverage he has in this situation. Mm-hmm. I understand that yes, he's doing them a favor, but of course then you go into all the other type of stuff. Like, do they really need to go to this guy's house? Mm-hmm. Like, they could go anywhere. Like, they've driven down a public fucking street. Yeah, yeah. they could go anywhere they want to and hide out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why they need this guy so much. Um, but yeah. Anyway, there good you call.
1: go. Okay, so we're now back to good moments and bad movies, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you brought up Will Ferrell before. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his worst films, I think, is Anchorman Two. Yeah, mm. and it is horrible.
0: Oh my god, it is
1: it is nigh unwatchable. The mm. way that his his
3: character, that whole yeah, that's right. <laughs> I went nigh unwatchable. That was a Jack Sparrow quote because in the Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. the first one, he's like he's talking about the Black Pearl. He's uh, like, oh, some say it's nigh uncatchable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's just it, like his behavior
1: all the way through is like all the worst parts of that character in the first one amplified. Mm-hmm. But there is a, a great scene in that when they're reminiscing, they're on this RV and they're reminiscing, they got the the news channel team back together. And they're like, you know, you remember that time that I, you dared you that you couldn't drink a whole bottle of Clorox. And yeah. like, I spent six months in the emergency. They're all laughing about it. <laughs> like You know, and then they realize they're like, who's driving the car. And uh, he's like, Oh, it's on cruise control. And they're like, That doesn't steer for you. And then it goes into this crazy RV crash. And it... (laughs) The audio is muskrat low. <laughs> and they slow down everything to where it's like they've got they've got this grease in the pan that's super hot. They brought a scorpion on the <laughs> thing. There's a bag of bowling balls on there. And of course, during the slow motion thing, like Brick uh, um, Steve Carell's character is smiling the whole way yeah. out He gets hit by a bowling ball and he's like,
2: oh
1: and then like in the slow motion, like a scorpion attaches to Will Ferrell's tongue.
2: <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh,
1: champ kind gets hit by all that grease it is fucking hilarious yeah. and it's the only redeeming
0: quality of this whole thing man huh. i remember reading about anchorman 2 before it came out And I was getting excited about it because they were talking about like there were they were going through uh, just one particular scene. Like, I guess the writer was out on set Mm -hmm. and it was this just amazingly filthy, great dialogue that Will Ferrell was going through. I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to see that. And it turns out that, you know, they left uh, like a whole movie on the cutting room floor Mm. And. And they, I think they ended up packaging Anchorman 2 with this extra movie or whatever. I don't. Are you
3: sure you're not thinking of the first one?
0: No. The first one has a completely different plot that they cut out. Okay. Like there was all these, like, thieves and stuff like that that they threw in there for no, like, it just doesn't make any sense. But, Mm -hmm. uh, and I've watched part of that and it just, it just doesn't, Mm -hmm. I don't know how they did that. Like they shot that whole movie and then they go, this isn't working. Let's shoot a whole other movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, and anchorman 2 the it's not that they made a whole other like different plot movie they just have a whole that much footage of different things that happen in the movie that are zany and and when i read that i was like man that's gonna be so funny yeah and then yeah, you go watch it. You're like, man, what a mess this is. It
1: was so disappointing. I
0: don't know, I but I think Anchorman Two, they they came out with a Blu-ray that actually has all of that footage, and mm. they may have made like a second version of Anchorman Two is mm-hmm. on there. I've never looked at it. I've never seen it because the regular version disappoints me so much yeah, yeah. that like if you cut
4: that out, <laughs> yeah. you know, then
0: you know. Uh, but yeah, that is a funny scene. Oh, it's in That's hilarious. That movie. Mm-hmm. 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 Was that you? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's my
3: turn. Yeah, it's your turn. Sorry. Time. It's interesting because I'm going to also choose a car crash. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been playing a lot of Final Destination on one of these movie channels a lot. And uh, you know, sometimes, even when you have like three movie channels like I do, and they'll have like six different versions of them, sometimes you can go through that and there's still nothing really good to watch. Yeah. And so I'll end up on something like Final Destination, which is not a bad movie, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the sequels, not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the second one uh, starts with a car crash on the freeway that <laughs> is. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much is CG and how much is practical, um, but I will I will watch the first part of that movie just to see that scene. It's so much more spectacular than anything the other movies have tried to do. The third one does like a roller coaster accident. Mm-hmm. The first one has a plane explode. Yep. Uh, but this one is so elaborate and there's so many moving pieces. You got that truck with all the logs on it and yeah. everything. Uh, and uh, it's just it's spectacular, and it's sad that the rest of the movie is so poor. Well, it,
1: that actually is a cheat, isn't it? Like it, it actually didn't happen. Is that what sets what, up the that's, rest that's of the, the movie? The,
0: all the movies, yeah, yeah. yeah. They they said they show this thing that happened, and then of course it goes zzz, goes back to the person. Yeah. It was like, oh, I just had a vision of that. Uh-huh. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And like they try to warn their friends, like yeah, we yeah. can't do this and all that. That's the setup of every Final Destination. That's the only one I haven't seen out of that group. You should at least watch the first 15 minutes. But I've seen, I mean, I didn't see the full scene, but I saw um, in the trailer, that was a prominent feature Mm -hmm. of the trailer, was that car crash yeah. stuff going on
1: <laughs> it's awesome it is it keeps awesome going. It, it, somebody else gets horribly mutilated and then it cuts to somebody else getting <laughs> horribly you mutilated. think it's gonna
2: end but it just keeps going man it's, <laughs> it's so good <laughs> i want to watch it right now
0: what, what i love about final destination movies though but this is the funniest thing about it's almost comedy i mean final destination movies are almost comedy. they all they are yeah they're, they're they teeter on that edge yeah. uh because a lot of the times the things that you think are going to kill them are are just a coincidence yeah like like there was one where they're like at a a be- like a barber shop or something and there's this fan that should just have you know they should have replaced the fan many many years ago or that you know all it takes is somebody to tighten something but it's like sitting there like haphazardly like you know fanning the room and everything you're like oh yeah somebody's gonna get their their head cut off with that fan there and then it you know ends up being somebody spills a coke and you know and it, and it becomes this rube, rube, thing, rube goldberg type of shit happens yeah. and then like you know finally someone dies because a marble goes through their
3: head yeah, or something. they had a good run they got they squeezed four movies out of rube goldberg torture porn exactly yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know good for them
0: yeah um we're b- going back to jim carrey ah uh, all right me myself and irene oh wow mm. uh clearly not a good movie this was the fairleys after there's something about mary um oh, i'm trying to read this. i guess stuck on you came after after this i
3: think kingpin was before though yeah
0: kingpin was before then there was there was something about mary and then i think it was me myself and irene uh me myself and irene is is uh, back to that uh, that type of thing the the split personality yeah, 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 yeah. um and uh and jim carrey is playing this guy who's just basically shit on all the time just yes. yeah, just absolutely like more advantage taken of a person than you than you normally see normally see in a movie and finally he's at the grocery store and this girl this woman comes up and is like "Ah, oh, yeah you mind if i cut in front and she's got one item and everything goes, oh yeah sure go ahead and then she calls her kids yeah. to come in <laughs> and, like <laughs> fucking huge carts full of shit <laughs> and everything and you just see that it's, it's a great moment where carrie's just like got this like you know he's, his face is going through all these different little things like and you hear that he's just, like a harmonica yeah, type oh, of, kind of sound yeah and he's like and and finally he's just he's finally he's turned into hank and he's like he comes and he sees the he's the the woman. Of course, and she's buying some Vegiclean, <laughs> and, then, and then he's like Vegiclean for <laughs> you know. By the way, he's like he's like ah. Uh, he he goes. Uh, what does he say? Um, uh, uh, a little extra fungus on the taco. <laughs> 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 he, he goes. <laughs> he goes through a price check he goes and like gets the microphone and he's like got a price check for vagiclean he, he's like there's a woman in alpha she's she's there's a there's a woman in alpha she's cooking up some bread and i think it's sourdough <laughs>
2: oh <my> and <laughs> shit. he then of
0: course proceeds to go through all these like he finally gets to all these people who've been like doing all these things to him and everything And, like, there's a scene where he's, like, there's a mom, like, nursing a baby. And then you see him, like, down there sucking (laughs) on the girl. And, like, the very next scene, you see him driving a car and there's a milk mustache. (laughs) (laughs) And everything. Uh, It's, it's, the rest of the movie is, like, you know, it's a road movie. And it's Mm -hmm. just him trying to deal with basically being the incredible hulk essentially or dr jekyll and mr hyde whatever you want to call it um but uh, that scene right there that's the one moment in there that you can just hang on to it's got some grossness in it obviously but uh it's really good
1: i remember i caught the end of that the other day and that movie is a lot more filthy than i remembered to being. Mm. oh yeah i just dirty. i know it's fairly brothers but i thought it was just kind of like a rote okay split personality and romantic comedy thing but uh yeah it's it's
0: pretty, pretty <laughs> yeah, fucked up yeah. man. why am
1: i peeing like i was up all night having sex
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like uh it, it's got it's got it's a perfect jim carrey movie it is uh it's just that it just does it doesn't have quite that it never gets to that high again. Mm-hmm. It sort of takes you down, and you know, okay, he's he's changing into Hank, and we know that he's gonna he's gonna be mean to somebody in a really creative way. <laughs> that's pretty much it.
3: Yeah, use a, a giant dildo the size of someone's arm. Yeah, remember that because <laughs> no. he he gets up and he goes to pee, and oh, he, yeah. Hank had had sex with renee's elevator uh-huh. all night long. He's changed back to himself, and that's where he does that. Why am I peeing like yeah, I was yeah. up all night? And he comes back out. And he makes reference to this giant arm-sized dildo. And she was like, "That wasn't for me. Like <laughs> yeah. that's the whole joke. <laughs> yeah, that's he yeah, was using." Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's a funny scene because he goes up to the toilet and like the pee goes like up to the ceiling yeah. and to the it's right. Very or similar to Forty
3: Year Old Virgin. <laughs> yeah, it's a very similar scene in Forty Year Old Virgin where he just has a boner and
4: the
2: yeah, pee yeah. goes up. Yeah. Anyway.
4: <laughs> our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? dot com, and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. All
1: right, so we'll do one more round of bad moments in good movies, and I'm not going to pick it, but honorable mention goes to any time Woody Allen says the word "erotic" in Manhattan. Oh yeah, Uh, that's it's a lot of like. you know, I, th- I thought this is a very erotic time in your life. You know, there's, there's something so creepy about when he when he uses that word. No doubt, uh, Woody Allen has a unique way of making any sexual contact feel gross if he's involved in mm. the scene. And you know, read into that whatever you will. Anyway, uh, my bad moment in an otherwise great movie, and I do think this is a great movie, is that fucking Rathtar sequence in The Force Awakens. Ah. Because there's a lot of shit going wrong in in this scene. First of all, it sets up this wonderful fight that never happens mm-hmm. with the the cast from the raid. Yeah, yeah, and it goes into this whole backstory about Han, you know, double crossing one thing and one group and then the other group shows up. and you think it's gonna be this really badass setup
0: once again, by the way, a Star Wars movie. Coming up with a backstory that is more entertaining than many Star <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wars stories.
1: And this thing goes on forever. I don't know what the run time, but it seems like it goes on for like 10 minutes straight of them running from this heavily CGI mass of of grossness that comes after them that conveniently grabs, you know, all these these extras, but can't quite get the tentacles over to Ray or to, to Finn. And I think that whole sequence is just so wasted. I understand they wanted to get like an action scene in there, but you could have done that so much better with the existing people that were in that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I think it's, it's a really, really fun movie.
0: Yeah. It, it, it's, it's like, why even introduce such badass characters? Make them like no names. And Do you then think just- it's possible they filmed
3: more and they just ended up cutting those guys' action for time? I don't know. It
1: goes straight to them getting eaten, though. Like, there's no, unless they
3: refilmed it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I remember being so b- bothered. Why even hire those badasses mm-hmm. if you're just going to, it's like hiring them to wear one of those dumb Bugs Life costumes at Disney World. <laughs> like, what's the point?
1: Well, like, it actually reminded me of like the the fight in a- Anchorman 2, where mm-hmm. they get all these like big names. I know these guys aren't big names, but they are in the action world. And to just show up for like a bit that, that lasts, you know, minutes. Hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah mm.
1: I
3: don't like it. I don't like it. All right, Argo is a fantastic movie. Mm -hmm. It won Best Picture. It did. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm always troubled at the end uh, because Affleck trumps up the tension Mm. from the real story of what happened so hard, Mm. so hard. And for a movie that has done tension so well for an hour and 55 minutes, and for a movie that is known to be based on reality, I feel like the ending he does here, trumping up with the phone call waiting and the guys can't get to the phone because they're shooting a scene on the lot and they almost get caught when in reality they just went through fine, got on the plane and then they cheered. I could have cheered for that. Mm -hmm. I didn't need the trumped up tension. It feels like if at the end of Apollo 13 they had thrown in a heart attack for one of the astronauts and (laughs) some other shit that never actually Mm -hmm. happened just to try and drum up tension. Um, And it always kind of pulls me out. Of what should be a kind of a raw final Mm -hmm. there after everything these people have been through, Uh, and so I'm I'm calling that my bad moment in a good movie. I think the movie's fantastic.
0: I've I've actually wondered about that. Does it does that movie suffer at all if you don't make it? I mean, I can understand it goes too far, but should should he have maybe done it like half the speed?
3: Yeah, I I would have been fine with that. Yeah, it's it's more the excess of it that bothers me because there's so many back and forth shots to John Goodman and then back to the guy on the phone and back to this and the back to that. And I'm just like, oh, this guy.
1: does this happen? This happens before they even get on the plane. Yeah. Because then there's an extra moment of, of on the plane, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Where the, the, they think they're going to, they chase after him, I think. Yeah. 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 And,
1: and I don't know if that's based in reality, no. but that's tense. Oh, okay. I got no. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, no, in I mean-
3: reality, he prepped them so well, they went through, mm-hmm. got on the plane and came home. Mm-hmm. and, and, you're right maybe the movie version needs some more tension there but don't don't play it
0: up so much
3: yeah it's just it's like a well, simple yeah, gag getting, where they cut to something
0: stopped and the guys are looking at like the the yeah, drawings and yeah and all that other stuff and it's like yeah okay god wait, like we know they they made it that's right. why the movie is being made right, right. now um uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. They, I mean, they still do need to give some tension, but, yeah, not so much where it's like you were actually sitting there. They're trying to make you think that there's no way they got out, got out of right. this or whatever. It's, or that
3: the movie might possibly end with one of them getting shot or something. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not going to happen. So, anyway,
0: that's mine. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, so we're going to uh, do our syncast movie club. You, can find me in the club. you should join our
2: club. You and your friend.
0: Now, if you're not going to take this seriously, perhaps we should disband the club now. <laughs> <laughs> I love being a part of things. We've been doing that for the past few weeks. Movie club! And uh, this time, we're going to be talking about sequels. Yes! Mm. Mm. Uh, you know what? Mm. This was an interesting topic, because after... Okay, so what do we consider... We're going we're gonna to go ahead and consider the ones that everybody already says, mm-hmm. and then make a list from there. Yeah. So, like everybody's going to say godfather 2 yep. or empire strikes back mm-hmm. or the dark knight yeah those are the ones that everybody always says so once you take those out it becomes kind of interesting because yeah. sequels are hard to come by uh on on our our like best favorite underrated underseen it's kind of hard to to cut you know come up with some but i was surprised at how many there were actually yeah. that went under these categories yeah um but anyway, um, so what makes sequel great? Does it does it have to does it have to be equal to? Does it have to be greater than the f- previous? Or I think okay, I'll, I'll just
1: go ahead and start because I'll use uh, an example from my best. And I think it for a great sequel to happen, it has to be a variation on something. So hmm. I didn't put it on, but like T two Terminator mm-hmm. two is a great sequel because it only tangentially kind of looks like the the previous movie what i really wanted to do is another james cameron thing aliens Mm -hmm. so aliens is great because it's so completely different from alien Mm -hmm. um when i watched again man it's just such a great action movie but it's so unlike you know the the original property and i think when you reimagine something like that i think that's where you get a lot of originality Mm-hmm. uh strangely enough for for a sequel mm-hmm. and he can kind of make it your own so I, th- I think that's that's a good starting point
0: yeah cameron's done that pretty well with uh like original uh to sequel The mm-hmm. sequel is completely its own thing even though it's essentially the same sort of thing they're dealing with mm. or whatever. will he
3: be able to do it with avatar <laughs> i hope oh my god <laughs> i doubt it
0: yeah i i doubt it too um but, uh, yeah, those, that's, that's, those are good ones. What what about you?
3: Well, the first one I wrote down for, again, we're, we're breaking these down in four categories for mm-hmm. those who are just catching up or keeping up. We're all going to name what we think the best sequels are. We're all going to name what our favorite sequels are. We're all going to name some un- underseen and some underrated. Mm-hmm. And right now we're starting at the top with best. The very first thing I wrote down was Color of Money. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Which is right up underneath Goodfellas for my favorite Scorsese movie. Hmm. Um huh. I love it. I love it for the character arcs because Tom Cruise and Paul Newman both have amazing arcs. Um the, the ending is kind of a gut punch. Um there's lots of great like Force Whitaker young Fortis Whitaker's yeah. in this movie. Um uh, Mary Elizabeth Mostra well, yeah, ma-
0: Master Antonio. <laughs> um,
3: probably at the peak of her attractiveness. Um mm-hmm. plenty of good actress. Uh but this movie was made 30, 35
0: 1985. years? 1985.
3: But I mean, no, I mean after The Hustler.
0: Oh, yeah, after The Hustler, yeah. So
3: there's this huge gap. The it Hustler like, is Paul Newman as a young man. Because
0: it was 25 years.
3: Yeah, and he's basically a pool hustler. And then in, in Color of Money, we see that character years later in life. He's a senior citizen now at this point. He decides he sees Tom Cruise playing and through a circus of events, ends up deciding to go on the road with Tom Cruise and his girlfriend and teach him how to hustle, mm-hmm. eventually ending up at Atlantic City for this big pool tournament. Um, and I just I just love it. Tom Cruise learns the lesson so well, he breaks Paul Newman's heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I just love it. I love the the shots where he's giving us reflections off the different pool balls, and there's so much... Great music. There's this Werewolf of London scene where Tom Cruise is just dancing <laughs> around the table. He's a really cocky motherfucker in this movie. Dancing around the table as he's taking somebody out, singing along to Werewolf of London. It's just, if you haven't seen it in a while or have never seen it, I just think it's a super, super good movie. What yeah.
1: has he been, what has Paul Newman's character been doing this whole time? Has he been continuing to to
3: hustle? I think you get, yeah, but he's sort of given it up. I mean, uh-huh. He's not hustling actively. And what's funny is that as they go on the road, there's a couple moments where he goes out on his own when they're in the hotel or whatever, and you can see he's rusty. Because mm. uh, that's what Forrest Whitaker scene is yeah. all about. He thinks Forrest Whitaker is this one thing, and it turns out after several games that he was hustling him. Ah. He even says to him, "When you, you hustling me? He's like, oh, I would never do that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, of course he just did. And mm-hmm. took a bunch of his money, and Paul Newman is just really, really broken. Uh, so I don't think he's been actively doing it. I think hmm. he probably just kind of, kept at it and slowly fell away from it and lost some of his skills and whatnot
0: this uh it came out in 86 it came out the same year as top gun it was a big year for tom cruise Hmm. um the um the the color of money is a weird one for me um i've watched it five or six times uh it's a movie that every time it's on i've got to watch it the ending of color of money um has its moments but it also just takes me right out of it the the whole idea of a tournament during this whole thing after they've been like hustling yeah and everything i love that whole dynamic between them and it turns into sort of a i, I mean i know that's what they're working their way towards is this tournament the whole time but um i, w- I was just kind of hoping it would be just continued you know these underground bars and finally making him you know making him him yeah essentially by the end of it's it. an
3: official like billiards tournament that oh it, yeah yeah so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's a great shot of everybody breaking on like 30 different tables uh-huh. all at one time uh-huh. it's, it's, oh, I, I love this movie it doesn't yeah. it doesn't pull me out but i know exactly what you're talking
0: yeah about. the the thing about it is that is it that's exciting about it for me is just watching paul newman and tom cruise going through this and Cruz, the guy just never fucking learns the entire time. It's so frustrating. Yeah. But by the time that he does learn, you know, it's at this, at this tournament and everything. And like that, I did bring up that scene in an earlier episode where like a moment of like integrity or whatever mm-hmm. it was one of our questions that we had, uh, where Paul Newman gives him the money back that Cruz like, you know, bet on him to win and everything like that. Um, and, he, and and Cruz uh, like you know lost to him on purpose, yeah. In the tournament, sandbag and him, yeah. Ooh. And uh, it's just one of those type of things where you're just I was I was like I, I get what you're going for there. It just I just I'd rather have them going through all these seedy pool halls and he finally learns his lesson, or no or not. I mean he could have it could have just like ended up beat up in the in an alley somewhere. What I do like is there's a certain circularity to it. I like where
3: he learns the lesson, but okay. So he's supposed to be dumping a lot of these games on the road as they're going, mm-hmm. like that's the, the lesson he refuses to learn. He right. always wants to beat the person and shows his talent too soon. And then nobody in town will want to play him. Oh yeah. Uh, so you have to go in and dump a bunch first and become a familiar face and find that one, you know, shark that has a lot of money. Uh, and then you, you go after them and mm-hmm. you hustle that person. Well, the reason he does what he does at the end and, and, that's against himself and blows the match is that because he ignored Paul Newman's advice on the road his odds have gone way better mm-hmm. and so Tom Tom Cruise was supposed to come into this Atlantic City tournament with as a nobody with mm-hmm. no odds and really and then he would make more money when we bet on him and he wins the whole tournament but he came in with high odds because he was known now mm-hmm. so he still uses that to make money it's like he learned a lesson and elevated it somehow mm-hmm. um and then, of course, you know they—they're gonna play at the end. And that's the final shot of the movie: is them playing fair and square against each other and uh, breaking, and then we goes away. Actually, I think they're hitting cue balls to see who can get the closest yeah, to the yeah, edge. Yeah. Who gets the break? The, huh.
0: the yeah the the thing about uh, there's a, it's like one of the very first scenes in there where he's uh it, where he does that thing where he's supposed to lose the match, and uh, it's the best guy in the whole pool hall. He's supposed to lose that match, and then you know some shit talking starts happening. Yeah, and he's like, you know, I'm going to show this motherfucker, and he he just trounces that guy. <laughs> and they they're walking out, and and Newman's like walking to his car or whatever, and Cruz is like, hey, that was great, huh? That was great. And he's like, you just lost thousands of dollars. I just won five hundred dollars. And he's like, yeah, but you you won't be able to get another uh, job, you know, another like. Uh, game in this town again yeah, this town's dead yeah huh. you know, for you. You, know th- you you just flushed thousands of dollars down and for, <laughs> to, you know to Cruz, his character he's like yeah i got 500 bucks Showed awesome? that guy yeah isn't that amazing um but yeah that's the thing the pull for that movie has always been that type of thing for me and the ending is always just like mm-hmm. I, I understand it completely it's just that it just it's one of those that i, w- I wish it was something else but yeah, i get you that's
1: a good um, call so that's like a continuation but a reimagining too Kind of, yeah. yeah.
3: I mean, it's a, I don't, or it's a different director. It's, you know, maybe you could technically say it's not a true sequel, mm-hmm. but it clearly is. He's playing yeah, yeah. the same character.
0: By the way, that's where the the video game Doom got its name was really? because there's the part where they ask Cruz's character what to expect, and he's like Doom. Oh, yeah. And so the people who made Doom, uh, like took that as their as they're the name of the huh, interesting. Huh. Um, all right. So, uh, on my best, I, I, man, I struggled. I was like sitting there going back and forth. Is this best? Is this favorite? Is uh-huh. this, um, but okay. So I, I, I'm probably going to have to say mission impossible a couple of times here. I'm going to say <laughs> mission impossible. Rogue nation is in that best category. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and to think that it's a fifth movie. Yeah. Uh, in a series is mind-boggling to me. Uh, but especially they,
3: when there was such a lull in quality in the middle yeah
0: right? yeah well i mean and i don't you know obviously i don't think that i think if john woo were had given been given a real chance like not a studio picture he could have made that awesome yeah and uh it is so bad it's a hideous movie <laughs> um but uh but, but rogue nation i mean you it's man how do they just keep making those better after like they're they're uh-huh. even better than the originals yeah, that, yeah. 20 years ago that's how good they are. Well, and everything.
1: The, that is the thing, man. Like getting a different vision in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though that Macquarie did the last two, right? No, he's no, doing, well, he's doing, he's doing the next one. He's doing one. Yeah. this next one. But, but the, then they had Macquarie and then they had Byrd, and then yeah. they had Abrams and then De Palma yeah. and John Woo. But like, yeah, if you get a different take on the same the same storyline,
3: you mm-hmm. can get this magic, right? Yeah. I love how man, I would probably put Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation right side by side. Mm-hmm. I think Ghost Protocol is more fun. Mm-hmm. I think Rogue Nation has more better action. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we've talked about that opera scene and the underwater scene mm-hmm. at nauseum. Him on that plane. move the movie's just balls. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, great well, choice. Well, yeah,
0: the, the just the you you look at a smart action scene like the one that's in the opera house and everything and you know the 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 decision that I I'm not going to I can't kill somebody I can't kill somebody and ho- hope this goes well. I have to make the person that they're targeting, like dodge these bullets. That's, that's some great, you're sitting there going, a lot of times you're just like, Oh, how's he going to get out of this? This is one of the rare moments where you're like, how's he going to get out of this? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. And when you sit there and go, Oh, I didn't even think about that. Then, you know, you're watching a great movie yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah, that they, they, they come up with ridiculous scenarios like Bond, but it never feels like it's just silly. Yeah, like that that whole jump into the underwater fucking like you know getting the uh changing out the chips and all the other shit that he's doing.
3: I think part of that is they they don't give Bond any of that chauvinism. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're not giving Tom Cruise cheesy pun lines to yeah. say about you know spy shit. Mm-hmm. He, t- he plays it. 100 percent real uh and i think that's why it works better
0: yeah um i could easily i i i guess you know when i'm looking at best and favorite i think rogue nation is is in that category of being best but mm. my probably my favorite and i'll just go in my favorite sure. my favorite is ghost protocol yeah just because of the astounding like stunt work and just crazy action scenes that they come up with in that movie Burj Khalifa thing, I'm never going to forget that, especially having watching an in IMAX. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so, it, you know, and then and I love that whole thing where you know one person's trying to be the the other person, and then you have down you have down on the other level, you have another person being another person because they haven't seen each other, yep. and they're yeah. doing that big deal and everything, and it's like. There's so much cool stuff that happens in that Burj Khalifa scene. Then a sandstorm comes in. It's like it's like oh, you you thought you ended the excitement there, but there's a sandstorm coming too. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> that's correct. If you if you base it on a smart series, because there was always double crossings and and mistaken identities and fun storylines in the original Mission Impossible series. That's where you're going to get these like aha moments and these these smart ways to get out of things. And I love that stuff.
3: Man. Yeah, man. Both of those are fantastic. And, and I don't even think you mentioned the Simon Pegg scene in Ghost Protocol in the hallway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where it's all silent <laughs> and bird does such a good job of letting everybody know what's going on where everybody is he doesn't need any dialogue there even though his characters can't speak because they're trying to be quiet uh you know he's he's uniquely talented in that way it's very i think i've actually said this on the podcast it's reminiscent of the incredible scene when um the mom gets yeah. caught yeah. in three different doors yeah. and has to there's no dialogue there but we have to figure out what she's figuring out as she's doing it uh so yeah ghost, ghost Protocol. goes well,
0: protocol yeah. Uh, yeah i didn't even think that that the De palma you know where he's getting lowered into the cia computer and everything i didn't think that could even be topped or even equaled but that scene right there uh is is at least close if yeah. not better it, it might be better than uh it i don't know it's probably not better than that that scene in the first so mission good. possible is incredible uh, but j- to come up with I, I come up with such a great little like device that somehow <laughs> has that perfect angle to make someone look down a hallway and go yeah. oh that that's a hall that's an empty hallway right there <laughs> you know i mean there are there are some ridiculous things you have to see you spend your disbelief a little bit on but like the rat yeah exactly <laughs> the rat in the ac fit that it's otherwise a surgically clean surface <laughs> but it's got but it's done with such great humor because there's the point where it fails and it's just simon Pegg like in the hallway and he's like he and like the guys just as he looks up he's got it back you know and everything yeah. it's, just, it's good stuff yeah. um so Anyway.
1: Yeah, good stuff. So my favorite is another long series that has different directors uh, that are featured. It's the Harry Potter movies. Mm. Mm. So it started off. I I've always found a great comfort with the Harry Potter movies for whatever reason. Same thing with the books. It I, I relate to it like hundreds of millions of people or however many it is uh, that love the series. But what, what I thought that was really creative was getting Alfonso Cuarón. To do Prisoner of Azkaban mm-hmm. because Chris Columbus did the first two movies and they were they were delightful. Mm-hmm. They were Chris Columbus movies. Yeah. They were fantastical, um, but you could tell that they were kind of treading in the same territory. And once they got to that that period of transition for their characters, they used a, a visionary director uh, to take it up to a different level. And I think he he absolutely did. And that's probably. My favorite sequel of that series is mm-hmm. Prisoner of Azkaban, but I think Order of the Phoenix is probably my favorite overall just experience. Yep, because it's, so it's really where everything is culminated. Where it's a great action movie. It's officially dark. By it that is officially point. dark. There's real stakes. You know, I don't think really there's the Ex Machina that flies in well, to, to save the day.
3: Kind of Ex Machina is that last scene. Well,
1: sure, but then you have that wonderful scene between him and Volvo. Oh, it's so
0: super it's, good! Uh,
3: yeah, I,
1: I really, and that was David Yates that came on, and yep. that's and his he, first. He one. finished the series. He finished, and he did. Uh, he did, Fantastic all, he did Beast all the too, ones. Right? yeah. And uh, so, yeah, those those two are some of my favorites because they're familiar territory, but it's done in a
3: different perspective. I love.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> oh, I love the end of that movie. It's it's uh, my penis likes it. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I might just be. I might not have a filter so much right now. I, I, I didn't even mean that sexually. Like there's a hot character in the end. I just mean that 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 ending gives me a boner. Mm-hmm. A movie <laughs> boner. boner.
1: A magical boner.
3: Um, I have a lot of options for my favorite sequel. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I boiled it down to Star Trek 6 Undiscovered Country. Mm. Because, you know, I, I, I wrote Wrath of Khan down there, I wrote First Contact down there. Those are all three excellent Star Trek sequels. And, this, you know, another series that's been running for so long, uh, probably gonna have some turds and some awesome movies in there. Mm. made, like, 15 Trek movies or some shit. Um... <clears throat> But uh, Undiscovered Country, is it did something that no Trek has ever done before and that it gave us a, a mystery to solve.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, at least none of the movies had done this before. Wrath of Khan is basically, there's a mini mystery in the beginning, what happened at this station. But as soon as Khan shows up, they know exactly what they're up against. They know, but all the way through all these movies, there's no real mystery, like a, like a mystery movie, like the prestige, mm-hmm. something that makes you question what's going on. And so here we have an outright murder mystery where two people are assassinated and and Kirk and McCoy are framed, and they go to trial on some Klingon outpost. I don't know. I don't. I never understood why the Federation allows that to happen, right? Uh, but they do. They get convicted. They go to this prison colony, and the whole other cutback storyline is Spock now in control of the ship, trying to figure out who actually did do the murders, uh, so they can prove Kirk and McCoy's innocence, uh, and then figure out the end game and get there in time to stop it. We get to see Sulu as a captain they have. A badass ship that can firewall cloaked. Uh, that battle at the end is fantastic. He's taunting them over the radios and firing from unknown places. And they keep taking each other's play. Like Sulu even says, let's give them a new target to shoot at. And they slide the Excelsior in place of where Enterprise had been so <laughs> that they'll start shooting it. I just love it. I, If I had to choose one Star Trek movie to put in, it would be that. Really? Um, oh yeah. Every, every single time. Oh, uh, even though it gets a little goofy with the shape-shifting woman that helps him out of the prison and that blue guy he fights who has genitals in his knees <laughs> not everyone keeps their genitals in the same place
0: <laughs> is, uh is undiscovered country the one where sulu is a captain and he's made been made captain
3: yeah and christian slater is the guy that comes to his bedroom to wake him up
0: and there's the there's the part where like uh, i think it's where the what they're shooting at is exploding, and he's like, direct all your fire towards oh. that explosion. Yeah, yeah, you target know? that explosion <laughs> yeah, and fire. Yeah, yeah, I love that, yeah. that
3: part. It's great. And then also the dad from uh, that 70s show. Kurt Woodsmith? Yes. He's the, he's like the ambassador of the Federation in this, who looks nothing like himself. He's got, like, long, <laughs> white Gandalf mustache, <laughs> hair, and beard, and, like, it wasn't until years later I realized I was even the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's my pick. I I could have gone Die Hard 2 really easy, though. What? Yeah, I had this weird fever induced love of Die Hard. I (laughs) literally had the flu, (laughs) and my girlfriend brought me Die Hard and Die Hard 2 from the video store and a pizza and let me be there to rest. I think she had stuff to do anyway. This is in college. Uh, and that, that, this was the first time i'd ever seen the second one uh-huh. i'd seen the first one watched it enjoyed it now i'm gonna put the second one in and of course i've got a fever of like 101 degrees <laughs> i'm all hopped up on medication and i fucking
0: love that second movie <laughs> i was like that's just as good as the first <laughs> and it's you. not but <laughs> die hard 2 is what a what a, i would love to study this at some point <laughs> die hard what is it about die hard 2 is what i would call it (laughs) uh like the the just the idea that okay because they took all the like the they took all the testosterone from that first movie and just infused it with the second one (laughs) uh and it and it and it's they they decided that a lot of this stuff can just be stupid you know the first movie's got stupid stuff but i've always thought there was a, a sort of a controlled intelligence behind mm-hmm. everything that's kind of stupid in die hard uh where, whereas die hard 2 they're not even hiding it at this point it's yeah like, this is all fucking stupid and like um especially the uh, we we obviously recently seen that movie for when it was christmas time or whatever but when he shoots that blank, uh, when he shoots the blank machine gun <laughs> yeah. in the fucking airport, and he's got all those guys have guns trained yeah, on him, he should be dead. I, I, I will never ever understand how that made it made it into the movie. But it's so watchable. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's it, it. There's everything in that movie is like I i'm enjoying myself why
3: (laughs) you know hey pal what do i look like to you a sitting duck
0: (laughs) robert patrick's only line in the movie yes um all right so under scene Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna go with the road warrior oh interesting
3: wow um
0: i don't and I'm trying to figure out if this is really truly underseen. I think it is. I think there's only sort of a cult status with Road Warrior. Road Warrior, as much as we love Mad Max: Fury Road for all of the things that it does, the Road Warrior was the last one to actually do those. I mean, it did those things back in the '80s. Sure. Um, and uh, and it's got it's got a simple plot to it. Uh, Max again, like Max does in all these movies uh except for the first the first one is has nothing like all the other three movies have that same kind of thing where he's sort of drifting into a place Mm -hmm. and they sort of either accept him or he's being jailed or kidnapped or something like that but uh, he go there. The the main crux of Road Warrior is gasoline. It's not like you know in Fury Road, it's water, mm. which is even scarier to me. But uh, in, in gasoline, there's a there's a place that like basically has all this gasoline, and there's always these bad guys who come by and steal their gas. Uh, the one day that they actually accept Max into this this little city or whatever that's in the middle of the desert and everything um that's when you know he starts doing the whole like well we need to fight back and all that type Mm -hmm. of stuff so it's that type of movie you know it's just it's a very simple well-contained well-done sequel and it's actually i think better than the original i mean the original was uh, i mean a simple you know sort of revenge story but Mm -hmm. it was you know this this was this was mad max as we came to know it yeah was road warrior
3: yeah you've seen road warrior right yeah but not for maybe 15 years um, I never, I never disliked or loved any of these movies. Mm. Um, Mad Max: Fury Road, I love, yeah, but I didn't have the hype going into that that Mad Max fans had because I was never the guy that was like, let's pop in a Road Warrior, man, yeah. It just wasn't ever a, a thing I did. But hearing you describe that movie sounds like every other Clint Eastwood movie made in the sixties and seventies, mm-hmm. in terms of like a drifter comes into town and yeah. has to protect <laughs> yeah, them, and help them yeah. fight it, back it, against it, the bad. There's guys.
0: no doubt. There's there's some inspiration yeah. there. Um, but you know, I, I watched all of these, um, what was it? I was, well, I think I was watching them just before Fury road came out. Mm. Just to sort of recollect. And I hadn't seen, I didn't, had not seen, I think Th- beyond Thunderdome. I had not mm. seen it, even though that's probably the most popular one out of that group. And it's the worst one. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I was watching them and I was like, man, road warrior is, uh, is excellent. Mm-hmm. it is, it is, I think is, it's as good as Fury Road um, as far as what you could do back in the 80s sure. anyway. Like, you know, I mean, Fury Road is just balls out, yeah. insane. Um, but the but this one is just a very nice, simple story. They, they got some gasoline. Somebody's going to try to steal the gasoline. Yeah. And Mad Max <laughs> helps them not steal the gasoline.
1: <laughs> well, I got one that's definitely a cult favorite. It's Army of Darkness. Yeah. Ah. So Army of Darkness is a sequel to a sequel it was kind of an odd sequel uh to evil dead 2 mm-hmm. um this is after he goes back to medieval times and way back into the the past and sucked through that that portal at the end of evil dead 2 and it's hilarious it's mm-hmm. fucking awesome it's so great i mean this is really where sam Raimi and bruce campbell and everybody the uh, the writers behind it were just having the most fun mm-hmm. they had the Biggest canvas, and they were just like, you know what, let's let's just go fucking nuts, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and I, it's got great quotes. He's, you know, when he finally comes out of the car and he's got the gun, he says, "This is my boomstick." Mm-hmm. And you know, telling him to shop smart, shop yeah. smart. Yeah, you got that. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's just fun. It's it's them finally saying like really adopting it because the first Evil Dead is you know generally like trying to straight be a horror movie right. with the little ass, right. and then Evil Dead Two is still pretty scary at times. Yep, but it's even though it's, it's definitely got the humor. Yes, yeah. And this is just almost straight comedy. I you think get the it is. Deadites and all that stuff. Yeah. And, I I think it is underseen. I didn't see it until college. Somebody got like a a VHS tape over to me, and I watched it. Just fell in love with it. Well,
3: this is this is the first one I saw. I had never seen Evil Dead one or two same here (laughs) and it was this remember me telling you i think it was last week about my roommate brian in college who giggled so infectiously you would fall in love with whatever he was watching even if you hated it he's the one that showed me this movie and he was giggling hysterically and i started giggling hysterically and then later when i went back to watch evil dead and evil dead Two, i was like what the fuck man these are nothing like army of darkness but i think you're right i think most most movie fans when they talk about one of the three of those movies, they're talking about one of the first two, I mm-hmm. think yeah. uh, army of darkness doesn't seem to come up very much This mm-hmm. to me
0: is the beginning of Bruce Campbell as a, uh, you know, celebrated B actor. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, because this is where he's given all those lines, you know, like, you know, the, the, the one ghoulish uh, woman who was beautiful before and everything said, you once found me beautiful and he goes baby you sure got ugly <laughs> and uh, and uh, and you know and like um, and then telling uh, the M. Beth davids character like you know like she's like it's like you said that you would be you'd stay around i don't remember what it was because, he's like baby that was just pillow talk yeah. <laughs> you know and and, uh, and of course the man that is a to me is a stroke of genius when he is having to say the words (laughs) and, and he he ends up coughing that third one. (laughs) And I've always loved this because yeah. How does the, the spirit realm really know whether or not you said something right are they gonna penalize you if you don't say it exact you know that type of thing um <laughs> it's like vratto, yeah, well, from the uh, the day the earth stood still that was the uh, oh really yeah that's where they got those uh, that phrase um my, my favorite all-time line of army of darkness i don't know why it's always struck me as super funny they're fighting that witch <laughs> and uh and like they they you think that they've they've killed her or whatever and he goes over and he goes it's a trick get an axe <laughs> 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 um yeah it's absolute lunacy i love the uh, you know there's a part where he's like a uh, little goody two shoes little goody two <laughs> apparently he's he's uh imitating sam Raimi, giving him directions oh, wow. for the for the thing uh so like man yeah they obviously were having an incredible time it's interesting to hear marriage.
1: you guys started off with that because i think you really can mm-hmm. and because it gives you like the backstory beforehand yeah i think
3: and uh yeah so go out and watch it if you haven't yeah and totally it's, it's so different yeah you don't really need the first two to mm. set it up for the tone of this one so yeah um, my underseen sequel, I'm gonna go with The Raid Two. Oh. If only because both Raid movies are still criminally underseen, at mm. least here in America. I think maybe overseas they're much more well known. But I think the average Star Wars fan has no idea. Those two guys in that Force Awakens scene you talked about were yeah. from this movie called The Raid Two. Um <clears throat> what I like about The Raid Two, and the reason I think it's better than the first one, is that. You know, the first one has that conceit of, I got to get to the top of this building, There's bad guys on every floor, and I'm at the bottom. And that's very cool. And he does a lot of cool shit in that tight quarters fighting. But if the sequel had been that, remember when you were talking about what makes a good sequel is that it adds a change to the mix, right? Mm -hmm. So now his canvas is bigger than a building. He's got an entire city. Uh, And it frees him up to do amazing shit we didn't know we could do, like the car driving chase scene I always talk about, or the mud fight in the prison, none of which could have been done in that first Raid movie. Um, that kitchen fight, you could have yeah. done that in the first Raid movie, but that fight is awesome. It is. All these characters are colorful. You have the old guard of the gangsters, the the, the p- parents who are sensible <laughs> and know not <laughs> to go too far. Mm-hmm. I and mean, He's got, got his son who's a hothead who wants to take over the business and push things too fast and... Uh, you got the restaurant wildcard owner owner comes in out of nowhere with his faction, uh, and it's just—it's uh, so good. That it's night, so good. that nightclub scene is in the sequel, right? Yeah, yeah, with the—I oh. uh, well, forget that character's name. But. He's like the assassin or something yeah, like that. Like isn't it? Homeless long looking yeah, like the homeless-looking
1: guy. Yeah. yeah, God, that scene is so great. Yeah,
3: it's like a nightclub slash movie theater looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's multiple balconies going up. Anyway, it's fucking fantastic. If you if you have not watched it yet, I have not said enough good things apparently <laughs> or you just don't trust me uh but it's visceral it's fucking awesome it's got this big sweeping crime story mm-hmm. um it's the dark knight without batman um yeah in, in hong kong it's fucking fantastic good call yeah absolutely. all right now we
1: got to do under underrated <laughs> yeah underrated yeah go go ahead go for it well i've already talked about my love for fletch lives and <laughs> so i'll 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 kind of brush that aside this is not a good movie okay but it is underrated i think mm-hmm Bill and Ted's bogus journey.
3: Oh yeah. I bet you'll find people that think it is a good movie.
1: <laughs> Do you think like I, I an think actual you good will. movie? It's interesting because I've watched this movie several different ways. Straight on when it came out as a kid basically um, is just like dude this is fun they they're going to hell and all that stuff but then like if you look at it as kind of like an existential type of mentality Mm -hmm. it has a lot to say about like you know the decisions that you make and the consequences of that and you know what could what could uh happen uh when you zig instead of zag and it's just it's just fun it's just everybody having fun it's crazy characters it's 80s now this came out in the 90s right because uh mm-hmm. bill and ted's was
0: yeah it was about it was like 90 i think or yeah, 91 somewhere around where there. one of those yeah. but it's got
1: 80s sensibilities mm-hmm. like it's really just balls out it's insane but it's fun got a great soundtrack i it.
0: haven't seen it since then either i, I, I only it.
1: saw it the one time yeah it ends in oh my god i'll spoil this movie for you people yeah all right so it ends with this battle of the bands and it's bill and ted's the wild stallions going up against kiss <laughs> and primus <laughs> what yeah primus is in there too wow. they do a performance of tommy the cat in this this movie uh but yeah and then they have the uh the god gave rock and roll you yeah. anyway it's fucking great it's underrated it's like it uh uh, 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, mm. so I think, I think it's better than that.
3: Oh, good call. Yeah. Well, I just realized all three of these I wrote down for underrated, I've talked about a lot on the podcast already, so fuck it, I'll just do it again. <laughs> Horrible Bosses 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I would recommend, as I call this underrated, 34 on Rotten Tomatoes, 37, mm. something like that. Nobody liked it. and And, and again... They didn't like it because it's basically a carbon copy of the first one, which <laughs> yeah. I had never seen. Mm-hmm. And so the second one played hilariously to me. Now, what I would recommend you do is watch Horrible Bosses 2 only if you've never seen the first one. And I bet you'll enjoy it. There you go. I bet you'll enjoy it a lot. If you've seen the first <laughs> one, just watch the first one again. It's better in quality but you know when i watched the first one that one to me was the retread because they came in the wrong order and i was like oh all these jokes are the same jokes mm-hmm. writing with permanent marker on the whiteboard again um but if you go in cold with no prequel understanding and watch horrible bosses 2 i think you'll
0: have a lot isn't that a crazy <laughs> dynamic man watching a sequel before they see the original
3: yeah Everything. Oh, or i have a story yeah i don't want to interrupt go you. for it i turned the tv on the other day After we had just done our television conversation, Mm. and you and I had talked about how the first season of The Leftovers didn't hook us. Mm -hmm. But critically, it's like one of the best shows out there. Turn on the TV, flip through the channels, nothing really good on, leave it where it's at. It's The Leftovers. I don't really pay attention to this. I just know that Jennifer Aniston's husband is on my screen, and it doesn't (laughs) look like The Leftovers. And so I just kind of leave it on. Within about five minutes of surfing the web, I'm hooked into this episode. Because I'm so fucking confused. Huh. Now, after I watched this episode, I Googled some. And it turns out this is one of two episodes where he basically does like flatliners the movie in huh. the Leftovers, where he he flatlines and somehow goes to this alternate reality. And in the one I'm watching, he's both the president and the president's twin brother who has the nuclear code key surgically implanted behind his heart. and. <laughs> the, one of them has to kill the other one and cut out his key in order to fire the nukes and i'm like so fucking lost i was like how did it go from the first five episodes i saw to this and he's president of the united states and the episode ends with like missiles coming down and the whole world exploding and he wakes up in some barn and i was like what the fuck is going on so if i I would highly recommend you do not just casually try watching one of these later episodes of leftovers and seeing if the quality has gone up because you might get lost as like, I have no interest now in going back because I've already seen the most insane shit. They're going to show me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway,
0: that's, that's pretty awesome.
3: <laughs> I didn't mean to do that, but yes, it is interesting when you watch a sequel before you've ever seen the original, um, cause it, it colors you. That's why I say last crusade is my favorite Indiana Jones movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so on and so forth. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm gonna go with uh, on underrated. Although, and I've just now checked Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, they're a little bit higher than I thought. Mm-hmm. That they would be. crank two high voltage. <laughs> is that good? Holy shit! You must watch the Crank movies. I watched the first one. The second one is good. You, did you like the first one? Yeah you'll love the second one.
3: <laughs> it's the first one the one where his heart's going to explode. Yes, he
0: they put some, they has to keep shooting himself with some adrenaline or else his you know heart walks but yeah. then in the second one they take out his heart and put in um like a new heart like a different heart that will explode if he doesn't keep his adrenaline up. And so like um so there you know obviously there's a lot of I was there during the trailer when he, when they showed him going up to one of these like power transformation transformer type of things or whatever and grabbing onto it and just getting a whole bunch of bolts of electricity in it and everything i was fucking there man and uh and so like the you know i mean again it's so ridiculous like there's a point where he goes to the horse track and he really needs to get the adrenaline up and his girlfriend's there and they fuck on the horse race track <laughs> it's still and everybody's up. looking. And looking like, okay, she's it, smart. It's Amy Smart. <laughs> yeah. In the first one, they had to do that. Yeah, yeah. In the first one, they so in the second one, they of course they decided to top that. And she's <laughs> like, horse- and she's like, hey you know what? Fuck it. You know, uh, you you need to do this to live. um Is there a third crack movie? No,
3: uh,
0: I don't think. I don't. I mean, I don't think even the first crank did great business but they i mean me i guess it did well enough
3: Yeah, well, I don't I don't know. there's an audience for that jason statham thing because mm-hmm. there's been multiple transporter movies multiple crank movies yeah no crank a was handful a handful of, of off. Yeah, these, yeah. these
0: these movies this is ex- i mean this is something that you know it's a it's a common thing to say this knows what it is and it's going for it and mm-hmm. everything and and it's it, it's pretty much comedy at this mm. point you know there's not i mean it's yeah it's serious quote unquote that they you know he has to do this these things to live but it's, they're so insane <laughs> and like you know i think at the end of the first one he like pretty much dies. yeah yeah uh-huh. and they, they still and they show him like blink or whatever at the end Every's he's like falling like yeah he, he jumps out of the helicopter right <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um it's just one of those that where they're like like you know what uh this is balls out insane but he has to do it he has to do it right this is he's gonna we're gonna gonna do make him do this and uh it should probably kill him but in this world no it's not going to it's like whatever it goes the neville dean taylor guys the 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 directing team they did another movie called gamer that's uh oh, that's he's got, in that one too right yeah uh, no that's uh gerard butler oh, you're right, you're right. and it's got uh it's got uh, uh, michael c hall as the bad guy in it that's another movie that's just it, it was just enjoyable to me <laughs> it, it's it's stupid insane type of movies and like you know i mean it, they just anything kind of go.
3: that's the one where like video game
0: players are controlling real life
3: people yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
0: and <laughs> uh and and you know you're sitting there going i probably shouldn't be enjoying this <laughs> 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 but it, somehow i am <laughs> it happens
3: happens to the best of us yep I'll to check that out that yeah sounds
0: hilarious. i haven't i actually haven't seen crank 2 since it came out but <laughs> it's not because uh you know oh that was a shitty movie or anything it's just it's one of those movies and this is why i put it in the underrated it could also really could you put it under scene Mm -hmm. as well um it's just one of those movies that uh you don't really immediately recall like i gotta go see that it's not something that you're like oh yeah i gotta pop that in but you know it'd be perfect background yeah it's a perfect background (laughs) movie and um so yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that.
1: Good one. Good recommendations. Yeah, yeah. movie
0: club is fun. Uh, yeah, man. Did, was there any I'm gonna name a few that we didn't get to. I know right. we uh, you know just just to say, now we did sort of mention Evil Dead too. I had that in my best category. Mm-hmm. Um just because once you get past like I said, once you get past Dark Knight and Empire Strikes Back and Godfather 2 and all these, you have to start going into that next tier. And uh, and Evil Dead Two is a, an excellent sequel, and it's got mm-hmm. that same sort of deal that you were talking about with Aliens and Terminator Two. Uh, the first one is such a low budget indie shot here in Tennessee, yeah. like in, was it like East Tennessee somewhere? Yeah. I think. Uh, and uh, and then the second one, they just you know they they went for it, man. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's it's funny and scary and a lot of just I mean great things in that <laughs>
1: that scene where all the animal heads come alive yeah and it's so cartoonish well, and, and, and then you focus get on ramey zoom going yeah he's just he's laughing and crying at the same time that's one of his best acting performances oh ever. yeah that's great
0: um i also in the underseen one i wrote down hot shots part do i love that um, movie. yeah yeah uh, it, that's a i i love that
1: it's hilarious
0: yeah it really is um I, th- there's like little nutty moments in there where you have like charlie sheen and martin sheen <laughs> are like going on like the apocalypse now boats past each other <laughs> and and they're like and they both say i love you in wall street yeah. and as they pass <laughs> <laughs> as they pass on um there's the uh, Miguel Ferrer, who unfortunately is no longer with us, mm. but he has that great moment where there's like all this blasting and everything, and he comes out of the bushes and he's like, "War! It's fantastic!" <laughs> 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 and they have that <laughs> they have that whole thing where like you know like uh, when when Sheen basically is Rambo. Is blowing away all these dudes. They're like got a little counter at the bottom yeah, that's like yeah, yeah. more violent than Robocop, more violent than Total Recall, most violent movie ever.
1: Um, I think that I love
3: Hot Shots, but I think Hot Shots Part Joe is better. It's than, it is better than, than the first. Than one. the first one, yeah, it's a funny one. Yeah, I almost listed uh, Naked Gun. Uh, yes. two yeah, and a half yeah, 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 yeah. One of my
0: yeah negative two and a half is also uh it's i think underappreciated the yep. first one is obviously the best one but like the two and a half is has got a lot of great stuff 33 and a third it's not I, it's not a zucker brothers movie uh peter seagal directed that one but uh, oh really yeah um i think zucker david zucker stayed on as producer hmm. but it's not it's not nearly as as good it's got moments is that the one third. with and nicole smith yeah, Anna yeah. and nicole Smith in it uh, and then also uh, on underrated, I put Wayne's World Two down. Oh, interesting! Um, I haven't
3: seen that probably since it came out. Yeah, really? I've
0: seen that a bunch. I've seen that. I've seen Wayne's World and Wayne's World Two a bunch. Yeah, no, I'm, and Wayne's World. Do you like Wayne's World Yeah, like I do. What's the story? In the second one. Uh, they are. They have to put on a, a concert named wayne stock Yeah, Uh-oh. and they're trying to come up with all these bands to come to come play at it, and they don't have any. They don't. They they tell people all these bands are going to be here, but they don't have the band signed. Oh, nice, uh, including fucking mirrors? Aerosmith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like you know, he goes through all this Doors type stuff. He goes out in the desert and he's yeah. like doing drugs and everything. Yeah. And there's like the Jim Morrison coming <laughs> into him in the desert, but like there's. There's, there's, you know, great little parody st- stuff in there. He's like, um. Uh, he goes into this gas station and he asks where this address is, and the gas station owners are like, "I don't know. It's a uh, uh, Elm. I don't know." Bubbles uh, and and Mike Myers turns to the camera, and is like, "I'm sorry. Can we get a better actor than this?
2: This is unacceptable." <laughs> and they get they they
0: take this guy out. And they put Charles nest in, it. <laughs> and he's like, "I remember a girl she used to live on. Now <laughs> you seen Mike Myers with a tear." Yeah. And like, <laughs> and, uh, and like there's a whole graduate thing at yeah. the end and everything <laughs> where they they make fun of that whole end scene of the graduate um there's a lot of like great stuff in it that you can sink your teeth into and every time when it used to come on quite a bit on some movie channels i used to like just sit there and watch it it is not a great movie yeah. i mean but it, it's it i think I, I mean i can watch that whole thing no problem it's not a it's mm. It's a. It never once do I go. Oh, that's shitty. Yeah. you know. It's just it, I'm. I'm going along with it. It's really fun. It's got Christopher Walken in it too. It Ooh. does.
1: He mm-hmm. plays the. He plays the Rob Lowe character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Basically.
0: yeah. Um, Mr. Steel Your Girl. <laughs> <laughs> he's like A sphincter says what? And he's he's like what? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to say what? Like I'm a dumbass. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> uh, uh. Anyway, oh, did shit. you guys have any others?
3: Mm. I had several others listed, but they, it was all stuff like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes for my mm. best. and
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's another like that. good one, yeah. Okay, so are we ready for some Q&A? Let's do it. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth.
1: I am listening. Have you ever learned any behind-the-scenes
0: information about a movie that increased your appreciation or dislike for it? Uh, it's funny, uh, just recently, and I and I don't usually, these days, I used to watch them a lot when DVDs first came out, behind the scenes footage of all the movies that I liked and everything. Now I just kind of like, I just don't have time. Mm-hmm. But uh, for whatever reason, on Anomalisa, which I mentioned a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, the the I, I was like, I'm fascinated in this. It has a whole bunch of documentary stuff behind the scenes of it, how it was made and everything and i i alluded to it before but just a simple thing of this guy pulling his shirt off Mm. they had to do so many things with that shirt they Mm. had to like and they had to have like several different shirts to make this work like because it has to come out it has to be pulled inside out as he pulls it out off of his body and it has to look real it can't look like a you know just a handful of shirt or whatever it's got to look like what a shirt does when it gets pulled off the 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 amount of detail that they went into on that movie is astounding to Mm me it's the same thing with you know i I think i brought this up team america where they had yeah they they put all this unbelievable detail and all these little things really for not much reward in the end Uh, but you, you sort of just like, just get, you get some uh, real appreciation for this type of stuff and just seeing the sets, seeing what they were shooting in and everything. And they're sitting in these like small sets and they have built these like miniatures in there and they've got a camera going through it and all Mm -hmm. those, they're simulating all these great camera, there's all this great camera work and everything in it, uh, Uh, you see a a stop motion movie like that and you see all the work that goes into it it really gives you a great appreciation when i watched the movie i was like that was perfectly good that was a good movie Mm -hmm. uh and then you watch the behind the scenes and suddenly it just goes up and yeah higher notch
3: yeah good call Mm um so i have a couple examples uh, for both direction like Mm -hmm. the tom cruise stunt stuff in the last two mission impossible movies Mm -hmm. that he actually ran up and down the side of the Burj Khalifa, that he actually did hang on. He was harnessed, but he was he did hang on to the side of that plane outside while it took off. That stuff came out before the movie in both instances, and it, and it greatly adds to my enjoyment of the movie. When I'm in that – there's this weird thing where my disbelief is, you know – my suspension of disbelief is broken by the fact that I remember, oh, he really did this. Yeah. And then like a split second later, I'm doubly immersed back in the film because it feels so real because it is so real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the, uh, the opposite that something that will make me often watch a movie and not like it as much is when I find out later that two actors on a, on a movie I like hated each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, hmm. An example I have is Guys and Dolls because uh, Brando and Sinatra apparently couldn't stand each other. I had never heard that before. I talked about it in a previous podcast, right? uh uh-uh, No, you just. One did. of them kept flubbing his lines so the other one would have to keep eating cheesecake and he yeah. hated cheesecake. <laughs> really? Yeah, he kept flubbing it for like hours, I think. You know, uh, that is hilarious. It's funny
0: that, it's funny that you say that because I think those make me like a movie more <laughs> when I find out that they hated each other, but they were still able to make something right happen yeah, out yeah. of all that. I've it's one of those things where I've always thought that movies were miracles when they got made because so many like things happen on a movie set, and, and you find out that you know a lot of times some of these movies nobody liked each other. Yeah. It was a terrible like like Casablanca. All the people involved with that movie thought they were making a piece of shit. Oh yeah, they all thought they were making a piece of shit on that movie, huh. and and they they thought this was just this was going to be something that just you know quietly came and went and it wasn't going to be a big deal and all this other stuff and then somehow some way they made a masterpiece and everybody in the movie doesn't think they're making one that's That's crazy
3: crazy. that's crazy
1: i do like i I agree with with chris a little bit on this because that scene in caddyshack Mm -hmm. between chevy chase and bill murray i think is that much more fun because you can tell there's this underlying like tension between them <laughs> uh where you know it's playing off is like bill murray's like trying to you know you want to hang out you want to get high you know that kind of thing it's like no 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 uh i'm just going to play through can i get a ruling here you know and uh i don't know it just it it, it makes it pop a little bit but mm-hmm. i see what you're saying and i had no idea that brando and sinatra
0: hated well, each well especially if they if they on screen their best buds and you're like oh man i bet they're best buds in real life and then you find out oh they hated each other they wanted to kill each other it's pretty that easy to take me it out.
3: to believe that brando didn't see sinatra as a serious actor or a, yeah appear yeah at the same level because sinatra was so much more known for singing i think sinatra has proven he's he was a good actor several mm-hmm. times but i could see somebody like brando who's Famously eccentric anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, just arbitrarily deciding, oh, this lounge singer, this is beneath me or what have you. I don't know. Can you imagine those conversations between Brando and Sinatra, especially if they didn't like each other? I would imagine when they yell cut, they just both go separate ways and they only come together (laughs) to film what they have to. But anyway. Um, okay. so for the one that I like, um,
1: knowing the behind the scenes is in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when they go into the tunnel. Where they're uh, they in the river of chocolate mm-hmm. and it starts, you know, going through that. There's definitely no signs of slowing. And apparently the people in the cast that were not Gene, Gene Wilder really thought that Gene Wilder was going insane. Oh, <laughs> oh <right>. really? <laughs> <laughs> like he was so intense and so over the top about it. And you can see when the camera does get focused on his face, he's got this wild-eyed look. And mm-hmm. he is absolutely bonkers. And there's a lot of stuff he did for that performance that... Uh, like, one of the kids didn't know that he was going to walk with a with a cane and with a limp and then do that roll over oh, yeah. into the, the thing. So they were actually surprised. Mm-hmm. So there's little things about that that whole performance where he's just fucking with everybody. Yeah. And I, I love that. I think it it, it greatly... Increases my love of that scene to know that they actually thought he was going insane. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I could see that. It's uh, it's funny. It reminds me a little bit of uh, the Usual Suspects during the scene where they're talking to Peter Green and everything, and he flicks that lit cigarette at Stephen Baldwin. That actually was a lit cigarette that hit Stephen Baldwin. Damn, and uh, and when he goes fuck like that, <laughs> that it's it's truth, and uh, and but he was Stephen Baldwin was like, no, just keep rolling, keep rolling, you know. Let's just get this, let's nice. use this, and everything. That's so, the power of being that's a Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know what sucks about <laughs> being <Peter> Baldwin?
2: <laughs> Nothing.
1: <laughs> the thing that I can't—I don't know, what you guys—it's not a very good movie, but I can't watch The Crow. Uh, oh, knowing that, yeah. Uh, even though I don't think that scene made it into the final cut because it's when uh he, his house is being robbed yeah yeah he it's, a, it's a
0: different like it's it's common and i do it all the time every time like you know five ten years passes when the crow and everything i always think it's that scene where he goes in on the gangsters and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. i always assume it's that scene where he and yeah you're i think you're right they they destroyed that footage yeah 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 uh, you know supposedly right, right right um but uh but yeah but that, it, 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 it does it does just... well especially since uh, was it? It was the year before Dragon the Bruce Lee story mm-hmm. came out, and there's that whole thing at the end where the demon, like uh, after he's done with Bruce Lee, goes after his son Brandon Lee in the movie. Yeah, oh, wow. and it's like the I mean, and I think I think that movie, it, yeah. And then Dragon the Bruce Lee story came out the year that The Crow was being made, mm-hmm. so a lot of people were like, man, even Dragon the Bruce Lee story has some weird shit yeah, yeah, attached yeah. to it as well. Uh, but yeah, The Crow. It, you know uh, sort of a of admission here I've, I've i've never put the crow on the schedule for that reason a lot of times hmm. like it's it's been it's one of those movies where like i, I we could easily send it no problem yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. there's there's so much tragedy involved in i'm that glad movie. to hear
1: you say that because it's just it just doesn't it feels weird watching that movie now i've watched the crow city of angels which is actually not a hideous movie it's yeah got a great soundtrack right uh but
0: yeah the crow just kind of feels Didn't weird they Make a watching. third one even uh, this is—it's probably a movie that's got like four sequels now. Probably does. Yeah. It's, no, probably, I'm telling it's you. probably like howling movies at this point. You know? yeah, Tremors. You know? The Crow,
3: 1845. Just like <laughs> back to the beginning.
0: Yeah, there is a uh The Crow Salvation, The Crow Wicked Prayer. uh There was a TV series called Stairway to Heaven. So yeah, there's plenty. Yeah, plenty of other Crow movies.
3: Give me a cue, B. All right. Uh, let's do
1: a music question, A. Eh? Oh, eh? Eh? oh? uh what cover of a song do you like more than the original Ooh. Ooh, hoo, 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 hoo. i could do this all day
0: all uh, along the watchtower Oh jimmy hendrix oh okay
1: very very good one and i think i haven't looked this up but i think bob dylan has basically admitted that that is the definitive version
0: yeah but it, it bob dylan's came out six months before uh that's weird right I, bob dylan came out with a song and then six months later jimi hendrix just slayed it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh and uh, every time it comes on like it, it always every time a movie's in vietnam I'm fucking all along the watch but yeah. it's uh, it's a great it, i love it every single time <laughs> yeah. it's like okay you got me hollywood i'm gonna <laughs> i'm i'm yeah I, I love that song you're right i'm into it um but uh, it's it's such a badass song man it's got so such a good. weird
1: beginning to the chin, 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 mm-hmm. chin, chin, chin. Yeah. And uh yeah, very distinctive. And yeah, I mean Dylan d- Dylan can let
3: Hendrix have a song or two. He's got <laughs> he's
2: got more <laughs> yeah, than
0: exactly. I, uh, I think it's okay. funny
3: that you chose that song because I'm choosing the song from Rattle and Hum mm-hmm. and you two covers all along the watchtower on Rattle oh, and really? Hum. Oh really? Yeah. But Dead. I'm choosing Helter Skelter. Ah. Um because like when the Beatles do Helter Skelter I there's just a little too much British twangy happiness in the in the vocals yeah yeah you know what I'm saying I know exactly what you're saying um and when U2 does it I I feel more crazy yeah yeah does that make sense it does this is a song well is this the song that Manson stole lyrics from or did they write the song about Manson
1: it was used um in the uh the Sharon Tate killings they actually scri- scribbled in blood helter skelter okay. on the walls okay. it had nothing to do with the murders
3: i don't know if it was an inspiration or whatever but that's that's how that those were But the phrase up. helter skelter suggests you know chaos mm-hmm. commotion and I, I get that with the now i think i'm a bigger Rattle at home fan than even most U2 fans mm-hmm. that's good um i love that i would mm-hmm. rather put that in than maybe any other U2 album um, most if only for that, still haven't found what I'm looking for. Cover with the Gospel Choir, yeah, but she's covering your own song, so I can't choose that for the same No, answer.
0: I love Rattle and Hum. Is there is there a, a stigma to Rattle and Hum? I don't know that
3: there's a stigma, not like not like there is with Zoropa or what have you. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like more people when they talk about classic U2, they're talking about War mm-hmm. and, and Joshua Tree. So they're Truman. never talking about Rattle and Hum. Yeah. Um, and they is that should be the
1: one be. that has When Love Comes to Town. Yeah. B. B. King. Yeah. Oh man,
3: that's I a love lot that. Song. Of, that's why I like it. Is it's so diverse um so they've got some covers they've they've got some obscure covers they've got some guests um rearrangements
1: i hear exactly what you're saying about the helter skelter and an even better i think version of it is aerosmith strangely enough, yeah man did God. a b-side is aerosmith now a
0: thing on the show maybe so friend <laughs> of the show aerosmith.
1: <laughs> 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 but they did it back when they were like 70s early 80s like rock and roll band yeah, yeah. and it's bonkers, and it's really, really good. I don't know that I've ever heard that. You should that. check that out. You should check that stuff. out. So uh, I will say a cover that's that's better than the cover of the original song, Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah. Yeah. Because um, because it was covered before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leonard Cohen's uh, song was right. covered again as the definitive version. And it's then been Jeff- covered
0: thousands of times.
1: Yeah, and then Jeff Buckley in 1994 – and uh, I think his only full-length album, mm-hmm. um, put it on there, and it is gorgeous. I listen to it all the time, and every time I'm absolutely riveted. He There's apparently like 60 verses to this song mm-hmm. that Cohen wrote, and you know each cover, Pentatonics did a cover just recently uh, that had some of the other verses to it, um, and each cover kind of picks and chooses from, from which ones they want to do. Um, and Jeff Buckley's one, I think, is the perfect, the definitive version. And I think it's hilarious that we keep referring back to the cover, the different cover versions in the sins video.
0: No, yeah, yeah, man, that that was a great little Star uh, Watchman
1: gag. It's still one of my favorite sins <laughs> yeah, ever.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it
1: keeps coming up. It happened in the Shrek video. It yeah. happened in, oh my god, was it? Uh, it was Sing had it too. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it's just hilarious. But if you're gonna listen to one version of Hallelujah, I would say the Jeff Buckley version is now the Leonard Cohen version I love. Ah.
3: But See, I know it's it's Cynthia and A D Z, but I still love it's it. It's loungy. It's mm-hmm. like like Leonard Cohen I think of as more of a songwriter than a singer. Mm-hmm. And I don't always want to hear the songwriter sing the song they wrote, because sometimes it's not as good as when you let Jeff Buckley sing it, yeah. <laughs> because his vocals soar on that cover. And then you go, I can't go back to the Leonard Cohen version after that. It just sounds like my grandpa
0: singing it. <laughs> uh, I wanted to mention some side notes on this question. Um, uh, live and Let Die. Mm hmm. Do you like the Wings version or the Guns N' Roses version better?
1: I like the Wings version, but I've listened to the Guns N' Roses version many more times.
0: Like, the Guns N' Roses song I heard first. Mm. I did not hear the Wings version until much later. Um, I like certain aspects of the guns and Roses song better than the one that's the wings did
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, like I like the fact that it's more guitar going on and you know that Dan 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 whereas in you know the the wings version is like, do yeah. you know that it, it, it's it when you go from that to that it's you know but I, I like a lot more of the the instrumental type stuff that's going on in the wings version better than I like in the gun obviously the guns yeah, and yeah. roses song um, it was a couple other things i ran across when i was looking for inspiration as far as what were best covers and everything i did not know that nothing compares to you was a cover of oh, a mm-hmm. prince song right? it, it was uh well he was in a band called the family yep mm. And that was I did not know that and I did not know Tainted Love was a yeah. cover. I yeah. had no idea. I was I was like man how, how stupid have I been all these years.
1: Because Soft Cell did Tainted Love and then the full uh mix of that track actually had Baby where where did our love go mm-hmm. at the end of it with the same beat the doom Dum, dum, mm-hmm. dum, dum. And so both of those were were kind of their play on on the covers.
0: Yeah, it's was, it was just a, just blew my mind. I'm like, you know, because I, I, that's that classic young person thing. Yeah, yeah. When you're like, oh, I love the, you know, this song that's never been sung before. You know, and they're like, there's like three versions <laughs> of it.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It yeah. happens a lot more than we think. Just because they wait long enough, you wait a, a generation, and then you, you, people don't even realize it's a cover. Yeah. yeah, Speaking of covers, Chris Cornell did a great version of Nothing compares. Oh to yeah, you. yeah. They played it uh, like crazy on satellite radio after he died. Did they really? Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's great. It's great. His voice was amazing. Yeah.
1: Last last bit that I know you'll like is uh I will survive. Cake's oh. version. Uh,
3: which version? Cake. Oh. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: oh yeah, of the uh of the Gloria Gaynor song. Oh, Jesus. And my favorite cover yeah, up there with Jeff Buckley's thing is 10,000 Maniacs doing Because of the Night.
3: Mm-hmm. It's a Patti Smith song. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I big. actually Unplugged will go now. ahead and give honorable mention to basically every cover of Landslide. Oh, yeah. Mm. Smashing Pumpkins, Dixie Chicks, and I think the original's fantastic, yeah. although Stevie Nicks does have a voice that isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, if I had to choose, I, I might drift towards Smashing Pumpkins to listen to that version first. Absolutely agree. Yeah. 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 I even like the Dixie Chicks. I think, I think, What we're talking about is it's just perfect song. Mm -hmm. And so anybody that covers it, that has some talent, it's going to be a great cover. I'm sure Pentatonics will do a version soon. (laughs)
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) It'd be good. Pentatonics is awesome. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. Chris, since you mentioned Live and Let Die, what is your favorite Bond movie?
0: Well, it's it's funny because I think um, most Bond purists look at sean connery's stuff and so they'll say from russia with love or thunderball mm-hmm. or something like that's going to be their number one a lot of people are craig heads so they're going to be like you know, <laughs> they're going to be you know casino royale or you know uh, they're going to be um what else uh, skyfall mm-hmm. um it, and then of course nobody really likes the timothy dalton ones mm-hmm and you know very few people really seen the george lazenby one so roger moore is in that middle where there's like there's not very many like good ones but he did the one that i think's the best one Mm -hmm. and it's the spy who loved me Uh uh-huh um every time i've 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 actually done gone through bond movies and had to rank them before Mm -hmm. right and i was like Somebody at work when uh, when I was at Hollywood 27, and I think it was Skyfall had just come out, was like, you know, name your top five. And so I went through and everything, and The Spy Who Loved Me came out on top. It beat out all the Connerys, it beat out all the Craigs, it beat all the uh, Peter's Brosnans, obviously. Mm. um, it, it It's just an excellent Bond movie. It's mm. so good. And I would put Her Majesty, On Her Majesty's Secret Service up there, too. Uh, Interesting. It's a It's a good one um it's it's been forever since I've it's seen not that. it's not one that you know because lazenby was he was there one time and mm-hmm. he's he gone and then they got connery back for yeah. one more and then he can he left and then was it, that diamonds are forever was the diamonds are forever yeah, was yeah. La, yeah was the one right after that with kim basinger right no it, kim basinger was never say never again which was oh it, yeah, which yeah. is which was not a part of the bond canon oh the yeah they they the uh, producer of the original bond movies uh one of the producers of the original bond movies uh broke off from eon or i think it's yeah it's eon productions yeah, yeah. uh broke off from them and said i want to he's he's i'm gonna have the rights to uh make a bond movie but he only had the rights to remake thunderball no and so he remade thunderball with never say never again yeah. and it came out the same year as a canon bond movie octopussy and Octopussy actually beat Never Say Never Again. Interesting. So even though people were like, you know, I love Connery best as Bond and everything goes I mean, I guess they watered down the product a little bit so people knew that they weren't really getting into a Bond movie, but it is just a funny funny tidbit in 1983 <laughs> that, that the the connery bond didn't do as well as the roger Moore one yeah, that is weird not. um but uh but yeah man uh, if if you love bond movies spy love me almost every other roger Moore bond movie is garbage yeah almost every one of them the the live and let die is terrible yeah. although there's got some there's got some fans of that yeah, but it's yeah, not yeah. good uh moonraker is is okay mm-hmm. um uh but the view to a Kill's terrible. That's got Christopher Walken in it as a bad guy. Oh, yeah. View to a Kill's not good. Octopus is not good. I mean, mm-hmm.
3: I don't really care about James Bond. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just the, I would probably say my favorite Bond is Skyfall. And I would guess the reason is because it is probably the least like a normal Bond movie mm-hmm. of all the modern Bond movies. Mm-hmm. More like just an action movie. More born than Bond. Um, and I just, you know, probably my upbringing, my parents are not going to put this guy who drinks martinis and shags women in front of me. Um action and guns and whatnot. So it was just never really exposed to me. My first exposure to Bond was the Pierce Brosnan movies. Mm-hmm. And the first one that I saw was like, well, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously learned since my error in calling that movie good because I think they're all terrible. But um, I just maybe the what is a good Bond movie just doesn't move me. I don't maybe Goldeneye. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, or they Goldfinger. Have, I mean, Goldfinger. Yeah, because they have the girl formula, right? Where he has to seduce three girls at, at least throughout the the movie. At least a henchman. A uh,
0: well, including some really fucking creepy 1960s moors going on uh-huh. in the uh, in, especially in um. I gotta think of which one this is. Where I think it's. It, it might be uh dr no oh man i can't remember they they do kind of run together but he goes to that <laughs> he goes to that spa and there's like a nurse or somebody uh-huh. running around and like he like he ends up just like just taking her just yeah, like yeah. takes her into the room and like you're just gonna go ahead and do this yeah, because it's fucked up yeah it's so fucked up yeah. and you're like like i guess in the, yes in the 60s that was just kind of like yeah that's all right <laughs> and then you look at it with uh, 2017 eyes it's, uh, it's way rapier <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yep, yep well my favorite is one of the weirdest ones because it takes place almost entirely in japan oh, and yeah. it was written by raul Dahl. uh really? it was uh, you only live twice mm-hmm. their regular screenwriter wasn't available so raul Dahl, who was a friend of uh ian uh ian fleming the, oh yeah ian, ian fleming, fleming Um, stepped in to write the screenplay. That's weird. And uh, it's interesting because it starts off with... Sean Connery's Bond getting killed and this daring escape and all this stuff. And it starts an entirely different movie. Yeah. And this is where you get the, the first uh, glimpse of Blofeld. Mm-hmm. This is where you get the inspiration for Dr. Evil's volcano lair. Oh. There's ninja attacks in this movie. It's bonkers. It's it's fun as hell. But, you
0: know, that, that's another one. That, that The other star of Bond movies is Ken Adam, the production designer. Mm-hmm. And he made that fucking volcano fortress that's in there. And <laughs> it's great. Yes. It's so great uh it even has the the trap door for the girl getting eaten yes, by piranhas yes, <laughs> yes. it's like i want sharks with freaking laser beams yeah. but you you see all those like <laughs> awesome like a uh, villain layers and that's the uh, that's ken adam all the way yeah. especially in uh goldfinger yeah. where he's got that thing you know spinning around and all this other stuff you know uh i love how uh, how somebody who you don't really know is a star of a movie Mm. like ken adam was with james bond yeah that's a
1: good call i just did the worst dr evil
0: impression Uh, it was totally fine (laughs) the power of christ compels you (laughs) (laughs) all right uh that will do it for this week uh please keep going to soundcloud and giving us your thoughts
1: yeah man we're having a lot of interaction we get a lot of comments from you people and uh, we love it mm-hmm, we love it mm-hmm, uh, what we do read you mean, all you people? Mm-hmm. what do you mean you mm-hmm. people right. um, yeah it's fun it's fun go to iTunes and, and rate us um, you know if it happens to be a, a good rating
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we manage it. yeah that's right so uh, yeah keep it up all right. well that'll do it for this week it's Chris Actons and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Sherrill we'll see you next time
1: thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page check us out on YouTube Twitter Facebook and Reddit and be sure to visit cinemasins.com.
3: So well, I I have I have gotten my chest. I've I have offloaded the items on my chest. Yes. I've gotten it off all off my chest everything I wish to say. That's right. You money you, you, you shot it. You unloaded onto your chest. Yeah, that's right. Today, the role of Barrett will be played by Jeremy. Yes.
1: <laughs> um. Somebody uh, messaged Aaron. It was like, thanks for answering my question. Had no idea that adult entertainment was going to be a factor.
2: Into this.
1: <laughs> nice like, work. It's probably like, you know, his deacon or something like that. His, his deacon? I don't know. He <laughs> has deacons, right? I don't think. I don't know. What did deacons do? They're like
3: backup <clears throat> pastors who are really old. I always thought deacons were the guys that collect the money. No, they're like, they're similar between like an ordained minister, but I always got the sense it was like tenure at a college. Like oh, you've yeah? been at this church long enough. It was always an old person who mm-hmm. was what, called a deacon. Um, deacon in the church. I just think that means, like maybe it's as simple as head of the church board. I don't know. Huh? I always felt like it was like a honorary like knighting from the Queen. It's like, like a duke. You have, you are now a deacon. You've just you've been with us so long, you've common law married yourself into deaconship.
0: I always thought they were they were like, you know, they they were like, you know, Santa's elves or something like that. <laughs> you know, like they <laughs>
3: <laughs> the God's elves. <laughs> they um My grandpa at one point was preaching at three different churches in the same he lived on an island. Um and so sometimes the deacon would preach at one of them. And he would preach at the other two, or vice versa. He lived on an island. Yeah, I remember there was one time when I was little that we went to every single church, and I was just like, enough already! Like, like in the same day? Yes, we went. To the, well, there's Sunday. All three of them have services. They've all timed them out so the preacher can drive between them and be the preacher. Wow! And and yet I had to go to all. Like, did I not get enough the first one? Like, can I go play frisbee? <laughs> oh man!
0: Like that's I was like,
3: like
1: nine. I'm that's like, like six hours of your day. Churching. I'm telling you. I'm <sighs> telling you.
0: Oof. Anyway. Oof. Well, um, we all have stories. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they sure do. They're they're playing so much friends on TBS and MTV lately. I've been watching a lot of it in the background. And the, my favorite episode is probably the most classic episode where they do the trivia game show to to bet for the apartment. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And Ross makes up all the questions, and he does this game show voice yes. in the show where they, they start to bet money. She's like, how about $100? And Ross is like, $100. <laughs> and she goes, how about 200 And Ross is just in the background, $200. <laughs> and she goes, you're doing it again. And he goes excuse me <laughs> and, then, and then like homer in the bush just sidles <laughs> back out of, i've been doing that to my wife anytime excuse me is appropriate i've been doing that exactly
1: excuse me that was the episode wasn't the one that stumped him, was like what
3: does chandler do for a living
1: yeah. <laughs> nobody knows no, he <laughs> he's all
3: offended he it's uh, there's so many great jokes in that one little section of that game—it's freaking hysterical. What was Monica's name when she played hockey? Big fat goalie. Uh, <laughs> what was it? Big fat, goalie. big fat goalie. Because she was—that's her character thing. She was yeah, fat yeah, yeah. all the way up until college.
1: <laughs> on the way over, after I helped my cousin move, I had this like block of time, like this fifteen-minute thing, and I was like, "White castles on the way. I'm just going to go by and okay. pick up literally two white castles." First of all, it takes 15 minutes to get through the drive-thru, even though there's one car in front of me. Lovely. The dude is at the, the drive-thru, on the window, pays, shuts off his car, gets out, opens up his trunk, stares at me for a second. What the hell? So I'm like, fuck. I would gets be driving away. gets out a backpack away. and like gets something out of it, puts the backpack in the passenger seat, comes around, and gets back in and starts the car up. And then it's another like five minutes before he gets his food. So I'm like, all right, well, that, that was insane so i get i finally you know I, I polish off the last one as i'm in chris's driveway and I'm, you know i'm like kramer with the the chicken the kenny rogers i <laughs> just kind of like jamming away to music and everything and i'm turning the car off and i look over and chris's personal
0: trainer is looking in the window <laughs> as i'm like finishing off the fucking like nice this. the the funniest thing that ever happened with uh with uh and and by the way i would it's a stretch to say my personal trainer well, I, I mean he's i know what you mean and everything yes. but it's not like i'm you know he's coming in here and making me do squats <laughs> i bet he would like it if you did squats yeah
2: well that is part of the said reg- squad motherfucker. exactly
0: that is part of the regimen but it's not like you know he's like over here doing that shit but anyway um the the it was the it was a it was i think it was the day before I started this diet he put me on and everything. And I was like, "You know what? I'm going to order some motherfucking jets." <laughs> and and I'm going to I'm going to eat the shit out of that. And like uh so, you know, our our houses are connected and they have the same number and they just have letters that distinguish them or whatever. But I put on the thing every time I order from them it's b it's mm-hmm. it's the b version you know go to b and uh so that very day the only time this has ever happened <laughs> he go the guy goes up to his door and he's like i got a pizza <laughs> uh, i'm gonna go to very recent history here and talk about wonder woman by the way barrett ah. barrett uh, you and i watched this movie yep our verdict is that we liked it yeah you know what i liked it a lot more uh the more that i thought about it
1: mm-hmm. uh yep. i'd like to I, it's a movie that i really am anxious to see again
0: yeah yeah um, uh this is the best dc movie in a long time absolutely it's the best one since dark night mm-hmm. oh yeah um the uh it starts off very well and i'm gonna get to the part that i don't like and i think this is what a lot of people are talking about mm-hmm. uh as far as this movie is concerned
1: spoilers for wonder woman coming feel free to skip and we'll put some music in front of it
0: first off uh i i i have i'm just tired of movies making everything a surprise now like everything's got to be here's the surprise villain you didn't you weren't uh you know you weren't suspicious of him at all the whole time now he's the villain yeah you know and and i'm i'm just kind of i'm kind of tired of it because now we've been robbed of so many things from that we could have known motivations we could have known what's going on behind the scenes uh why is it more exciting for us why do the people think that it's more exciting for us to like find out who that villain is by the end of it? You know, I um, don't,
1: I don't know. I really don't know why it has to be David fucking Thewlis.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's the. Gu- I'm sorry, well, we're spoiling this okay. for you.
3: I have obviously haven't gone to it yet, so I don't have that much motivation.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, the the problem with it is that they set up the the Houston uh, character as mm-hmm. as the guy who's the villain um but uh but yeah they they make him as the guy that you're supposed to be concerned about and then you're like well how how is he the, how is he aries how is he the god of war and everything he's taking drugs and all this other type of stuff and um and uh and then you realize oh okay because it get it's like two-thirds into the movie she like slays that guy yeah. and uh and like you're like oh there's got to be some other guy in this whole thing um the part that I don't like about the ending of Wonder Woman is that uh, after all the great stuff that we've seen, now we've got a final battle that is just like any other dumbass action movie final battle. Two people battle. punching each other. People punching each other. Mm-hmm. But there's also uh, an unexplained like difference of powers that suddenly occur yeah. where you're like, oh, I didn't know she could do that. Mm. Oh, I didn't know this guy could do that. How does she know that she can do that? Mm. You know, and all that. And it just comes out of nowhere. And it's some random fucking thing that happens. And, yeah. and she, you know, wins that way or whatever. But it's like um, it, that whole ending. You're just like, man, this is this is just loud and CGI. And it's just I, it's every mo-, like Guardians of the Galaxy earlier. Mm. They like, like just every single time they get into that mode. You're just <laughs> I just tune out, man. I don't like it anymore. I don't know. I mean, I guess people do. I guess people want those big huge
1: crazy CGI two godlike characters
0: can, beating ass. Look, they can over do this. They can do this way better. And I'm sorry, it's not they it's, had, yes. it's not the usual it's not the usual what my usual complaint where they're cutting 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 cutting. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, show me some like powers that make sense and like if you want to show them like fighting show Show somebody, like, doing some awesome shit, and then they get a counterattack back that's awesome and everything, instead of this, like, oh, we're grappling, we're fighting, we're
3: punching. It's like Jay Hernandez at the end of Suicide Squad, instead of just having fire come out of his hands. Oh, he can turn into a 25-foot-tall Incan (laughs) god or something. That's exactly
0: right. That's exactly the same type of deal here. Yeah, Yeah,
3: I don't like that shit either.
0: that that, yeah wonder woman is a fucking phenomenal movie Mm. uh up until that point yep and uh, and it and and unfortunately happens at the ending where you're like that really is the a really important part of the movie i know and i know they no. so
3: that's disappointing
0: uh anyway yeah that that was a bad moment in a good movie
3: good topic let's do it again in another year and a half (laughs) indeed
1: I did like that they put some uh, some sex in Wonder Woman without yeah. like showing the yeah, sex. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was chica. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> like I, I don't remember the last uh superhero movie that had like we're going to we're going to get it on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh what's funny uh, also there was a, some article one of those Dead Spin uh whatever the sp- spin-offs of there's a million spin-offs. Yeah. So it's not Dead Spin spin-off, but it's a spin-off in that world or whatever. There was an article that came up that was like... Um I think uh i think the character the that chris pine's character lied about his genitalia oh i he saw that article to, and it and it shows like because he's covering himself up with one hand or whatever mm-hmm. and he's and he's you know he says he's above average uh-huh. and all that type of stuff he's like, i don't think he was above average he's <laughs> like he couldn't have covered up an above average with one hand <laughs> <laughs> and went into this whole like investigation about it. it's like yeah, it's it's right. like I, and it's like look i'm not talking about chris pine i'm sure they put a blue sock over him and he you know and they like you know they digitized it out or whatever, but like, you know...